Once there were three bears that lived in a dark and wet cave up above a small town. Big bear, little bear, and baby bear. Big bear used to take care of the little bears, but big bear got sick, lost his job, and his insides turned black. One day, little bear came home and Big Bear and Baby Bear were different. Big Bear's sickness had gotten worse. Big Bear has become more angrier and meaner because they had no food, no meat, but they had each other. Listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 268. Welcome back to the Buzzkill Podcast, where on today's show we wash off the stink of that other podcast by showering ourselves in giant, hot, Monster Monsters. We watch monster movies, guys. Get your head out of the gutter. In Giant Creature Double Feature. It's like a menage a trois with two gigantically cocked dudes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Saturday night, you mean? What's going on, guys? I'm now horny. <laughs> <laughs> and I am still James. <laughs> You're jamming, but I'm jam, all, but jamming I'm, it in. But I'm also horny. Jamming James, that's, that's what we call him. Mike went from zero to fucking <laughs> off the walls in, in like no time flat. And I really appreciate did. that really about did. you. You know, sitting here in silence the last like hour, you know. Did I unplug the rock tumbler? I don't know. Hold on. Why do you have a rock tumbler? Because my <laughs> daughter is tumbling rocks. <laughs> like polishing rocks and it's it's over in the laundry room. Because it's the only place in the house where oh, I, I where thought, you can't hear it. Is it my... Hold on. Is it my essence that's... <laughs> my, what the fuck is that? I didn't even know it was there. Yeah, it's my essence. You have a you have an, an oil burner. Yeah. And in, in, plug into your computer. I do. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I think I need to... What scent is it? Uh, vetiver. V- what? Eddie which, Vetter? Which Vetiver is really earthy, so I had to... I had to Eddie like, Vetter um, is very earthy. Eddie Vetter <laughs> is very earthy. <laughs> and milky. Ooh. Um... <laughs> vetiver and uh i think it's the i think it's the boom scent from it works oh which by the way if anybody ever tells you that it works doesn't does it smell like that pod song it's a mark it's a it's a multi-level marketing company aka a ponzi scheme doesn't work what <laughs> is what would you say did you say something about pod I said, does it smell like that pod song boom <laughs> <laughs> It smells like patchouli. That's one of the best. It actually does have patchouli in it. It's one, oh, there you go. Uh, that that video is one of the best videos. The, the ping pong video. Yeah, it's so good. Who's, so good. Who's the other band they're playing against? Though? Uh, blind uh, Blindside. That is, yes. Blindside. Yes. Is that yep. the, is that it the is name Blindside. of the band? You're right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. God, what an underrated band, dude. Oh, so Blindside, good, dude. So good. Blindside and the Used came out the exact same time. Well, they did. Let's not get crazy. Well, here. the U or Blindside did come out before then. No, no. I'm just saying, let's not get crazy and try and compare. 
blind side no, no. to the My youth. point is like they were both like these like those screamo bands that came out at the same time that I was, well, it was obsessed like, with. It was like along the it, like, that's when everybody was it was yeah. Was but when those we were were getting too, don't you ever like have like bands you kind of buddy up because like your mem- in your memory yeah, banks Thurs- they're kind of together. Thursday and Glassjaw. See to me it's Thursday and taking back Sunday. Oh really? Yeah. That's weird. I those, in, don't, I was, those don't fit together. I was just into both of them at the, the same time so when I not, think about them. Doesn't that compute? Sorry. Do you still do that though? Oh yeah. Like to me, like uh, I still do it. So, like Proto Man, you uh, you introduced me to the Proto Man. Mm, yes. And through Proto Man, I learned about TWRP, mm-hmm. and they're vastly different. They tour together all. They the time, tour though. together, but so that makes sense that you would think about them together. But they're vastly different as Thanks bands. For not but I fun of my voice cracking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they still, I I lump them together. Well, that makes sense. Like if I listen to Proto Men one day, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna listen to TWRP right after this. Plus. Commander Meowch is one of the best fucking bass players in the entire world, and is the best name. It's a, <laughs> it's amazing that like that a band can be that talented and not really be like a huge. Which band, band are we talking about? Well, I mean both, but uh, in this instance, I'm talking about TWRP. Okay. Like, I never really got into. He's that. he's literally one of the best bass players probably in the world. He's so so good, and he's just. He's just some clown who wears a wears a, a cat mask and plays in this Commander Meowch. and plays in this weird <laughs> funk fusion pop band, you know, like sure. and that's it. And he streams like he'll play video games and stream online and on Twitch what a and life. shit like what that. A like, good life, right? But my point is like I'm, I'm sure he probably does like studio work. I'm sure he like does stuff on the side where he's making really amazing money as a professional bass player, but like to be that talented and then play in a band that's essentially sort of like a they're they're like a gimmick band. It's you for know? fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're a gimmick band. It's just that's crazy to me. It's okay. crazy that you can be that good and, and just do whatever the fuck you want. I wish I was that good at something. Um But anyway. You're a father for fun because you're really good at that. <laughs> it is. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's it's like I can I can kind of just like stop doing it whenever I want to. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. Anyway, hey, we're back. Hi. We uh we took a week off of the regularly scheduled podcast last week, and uh, if you didn't listen to it, we were guests on our buddies the Bloody Good Film Podcast, <laughs> or were they guests on <laughs> the Buzzkill Podcast? Our apologies to uh, Josh and Jesse for doing what we always do, Jesse and, especially, in uh, talking over you for two hours. Yeah, we, uh, Most, we mostly Mike. We took. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. I'm sorry. What can I say? I get excited, man. I get excited about turtles. I like, little, I like turtles. I like turtles. What, you what can I little, say? You get a little too excited. I do. I, I, I apologize to Jesse more because I feel like Jesse barely got a word in edgewise over <laughs> the two of us plus Josh. Um, but now, now you guys know how I feel, for <laughs> fuck's sake. Yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, I will say this, though. I feel like our dynamic, the four of us together, is really fun to listen to. I will say that. You only think that because you're the only one talking the whole time. <laughs> You just like listening to yourself. <laughs> Damn it, I'm caught. Oh my god. Anyway, no, it's, it's fun. We have a good time uh, when we go on their show. We do. Uh, we enjoy it immensely. Even though we have what now two, th- two or three feuds going, two or three active feuds going yeah. with them, but it's all good. It's all in love. We um, we talked on that show about how the next time we do this has to be them watching my zombie movie. And I'm very excited about this. And then doing I, their show or ours? Uh, they'll be on ours. 
No, that'd be weird, right? It'd be weird to do my own movie on our own show. No, why? No, well, no whatever. Fuck f- it. That'd be fun. Fuck then it. we could just spend two hours lampooning your fucking stupid I movie. I can't wait. I literally can't wait. <laughs> uh, it'll be fun. It'll be I'll a lot of fun. I'll send you guys a second movie I did, too. You can lampoon two. What's the sec- What's the other one? I don't one? know. We'll find one. Oh. Well, didn't you do the first zombie movie, too? I, I was in the first zombie mm. movie for a brief second. Okay. I was a shambling zombie, like, Ooh. number five. Did you die? Yes. Well, I was already dead. I was a zombie. James, keep up here. Okay. <laughs> Touche. I mean, were you were you f- further killed? Probably, yes. I don't Probably, remember. Probably, yes. I don't remember. Were you drunk? It was a bad part of my life. Was it? No, because I wasn't drinking. It was a bad part of my life. Oh, bummer. Oh, <laughs> were, know, you, right? oh were you straight edge, bro? Uh, at that point, no. No, I was not. Maybe. No. I don't think so. Either way, what a dark time in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anyway, though, uh, what else have you had going on this week, James? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, I went to see Trolls Live. Oh, how was that? It was Trolls Live. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I we 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 showed up and uh, that's step one. We showed up right at like it took half an hour to get into the Fox Theater uh, parking structure and then into the building, right? Mm-hmm. And the trolls are coming out on stage when we're like standing in line to get into our seats. So our so my daughter's like freaking out. It's starting! Oh my god! Oh my god! So we finally get in our seats, and people are just pouring in for like a solid forty minutes. Yeah, like people just showing up like whenever the hell they want, and they're just pouring in. She, she ends up like sitting on on Aaron's lap so she can see past all the people who are walking by. And uh, it was good. It was cool. But then I ended up like going out to get popcorn and stuff, and I missed like I don't know, at least a half hour of the show. Cry me a river. Are you are you that I, upset that you missed a half an hour? No, of no, the no, no. Show? Oh no, I didn't really care that much. It was it was fun though. It was cool. And then taking the kids downtown is fun, just because like it's a totally different experience. But sure. The Fox Theater is like one of the most. One of the most beautiful buildings, I'm gonna say. Oh, it's gorgeous. in the entire world. It is. it is. Like, there's not. I don't know if I go that far in Detroit, though. Dude, it's easily one of. It's probably in the top three. It not, dude. It's up there. It is up there. It's gorgeous. Because I also I don't really consider a lot of modern buildings beautiful. Well, no. Beautiful. Like, there's this thing that they just built in, I think, Dubai. And they're and they're saying it's the most beautiful building ever built, and it look and it's it's like a giant like, it's like a giant oblong, like, oval shape with a big circle cut out in the middle. Okay. It 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 looks I don't it's know it, it it looks like a it looks like a big donut or something. It's stupid looking. And they're saying this is the most beautiful building. I don't like modern architecture. I like no, old no. stuff. Modern architecture. The Fox sucks. Theater is fucking beautiful, dude. It's incredible. When you go in and like pass the balcony and look up at the ceiling, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Nobody the, the, make the Fox is one of those things where if you're an outsider just coming to Detroit for the first time, like go to the Fox if you can and just go in. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's 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 a tourist attraction it's in and of itself. I will say I was just watching a documentary on something about travel, some travel documentary, uh, and they were in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And Singapore has this building that is three skyscrapers, right? They kind of look like the World Trade Center a little bit. There's three of them, and then there's a gigantic boat 
that is stretched out across the top of the three buildings <laughs> that connect all three together. Really? It is the most bizarre fucking building Where is this? Ever Singapore? I'm going to look it up. Yeah. I don't know what it's called, so good luck. I'm just going to say Singapore, Singapore Boat Building. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to be able to find it. Um. Oh, look at that. <laughs> how fucking weird is that? Oh, my. Like, how... how it seems like a terrible thing in engineering, though, because if one building goes down, they're all fucked, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it a is it a boat or is it? I mean, it's not a boat. I mean, it looks like no. A boat. It, it literally is. Look at the top um, of it. It's shaped like a cru- like a, like a cruise. Well, yeah, it's shaped like yeah. a cruise. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, that is an amazing looking building. Bizarre though, right? It is. It's very weird. But it's like the Siamese twin of buildings. Like I said, if one part goes down, the other parts are following with it. Really, that's it. It's really pretty cool, but uh. Again, it's like it's very modern looking. Like the 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 buildings themselves are like are like they dip inward. They're like hourglass shaped. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, I don't like that shit. That's too modern for me. It is a very cool looking building though. It, it, it is cool. It's the Marina Bay Sands in Singapore. Marina, there you go. Marina. Oh yeah, See? there you go. Um, anyway hmm. though. Back to the buildings in Detroit, though. I just recently, just uh, on Wednesday, it's Friday night now. On Wednesday, I went to go see Under Oath mm. for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my girlfriend's very favorite band. So you just said the name of their band in a way that my wife would definitely make fun of you. It's Under Oath. Okay. It's not Under Oath. It's Under Oath. <laughs> what? You're. I mean, you're. I'm, I'm pretty correct. I think I actually said it that way the other day, and she made fun of me. No, I'm correct though, because mm. I heard them announce their own band. I know. We are under oath. You just said it. The, or we are under oath. Uh, no, it's it's <laughs> the it's the Breaking Bad thing it all over. Matter. It's the way it I say matter. Breaking Bad or Breaking Breaking Bad. It's the way you guys make fun of me. Listen, all I know it's is under that oath. They're not under oath, so. <laughs> anyway, I uh, went to go see them, and the first time at an indoor concert, I think, in three years. Really? I mean, I've been to other indoor events, but like an actual concert? Yeah, I oh, think really? so. I think maybe I'll run that. Could be a correction for next week, mm. but I think so. It's definitely the first, my first time in the Fillmore. They fucking redid the Fillmore. It's gorgeous inside there now. They, they repainted, it? I think, every single surface in that building. Like all the big sides where the columns are and the gigantic murals on the sides and like the the ceiling that looks like the Sistine Chapel or whatever. Really? It's fucking beautiful in there now, yeah. I've been in there since, uh, actually, when was the last time? The last time I was there was like a, like a month before the pandemic started, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think they did they, it during the like, pandemic. Yeah, it looks hmm. brand new. Like there's no chipping. There's no nothing. It looks brand new. Weird. Um, but yeah, so speaking of... Beautiful uh, buildings. I also saw one. My uh, my buddy has a piece of the ceiling from there. Yeah, <clears throat> because we were there seeing. I want to say it was, it was uh, thrice and Thursday, thrice day, thrice and Thursday, and we we're down on the floor, and all of a sudden my buddy feels something like hit his shoulder and kind of skim past him, mm-hmm. and he looks down and one of the giant plaster flowers from the ceiling had fallen. And almost, oh, no shit. and almost fallen on him. Oh no shit! And it just like, <laughs> luckily, it just grazed his shoulder. But he picked it up and he and he like stuck it in his pocket because back then we all wore huge pants, you know. Speaking and of he things, stuck it in his pocket and he was able to take it home and he still has it. Speaking of things falling, the St. Andrews uh, floor caved in again. <laughs> oh my god! 
That was so okay. So I don't. First of all, I don't know who Baby Keem is. Is I, that the he, is that the name of the artist? Sounds like a terrible rapper. Baby Keem. Sure. sure. Um. I yeah. I have, I have no uh, opinion of that because I have no idea what his music sounds like. But um, all the people in the crowd were like yelling "fuck you" at the people at St. Andrews. Like "fuck you, man!" Like this one guy, this nerd in the crowd is like, "oh fuck, what did he say?" He's like, uh, "oh man." Ah shit! I can't remember what he was chanting, but it was the dorkiest fucking thing. <laughs> it was like it was like party till she party till she falls or something like that. And it's no, I'm just, <laughs> like you you guys realize that this is an actual concern. Like they're concerned that the whole well, floor you, will you fucking cave. Yeah, guy the guy the was basement? standing down in the um in the, so, in the shelter. So for people that have no idea what we're talking about, St Andrews Hall and the shelter are sister venues. St Andrews Hall is the main venue upstairs. The shelter is the smaller basement venue downstairs. And for those of you who directly know, below each other, for those of you who don't know what the shelter is, watch eight watch mile. eight mile. But they didn't actually film at the shelter. Yeah, they did. Did they? Yeah. Those oh, yeah. hanging lights aren't in uh, they the shelter. Add, they added did them. Did they add yeah. some shit? Did yeah. they, that was actually at the shelter? Yeah. Okay. Well, watch 8 Mile then. That's where uh, Eminem B-Rabbit does his uh, rap battles. Yep. So anyway, there was a guy standing down in the shelter, which is right below the the floor at St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. And this rapper, Baby Keem. Uh, Baby Keem? Is sure, that his name? Like I don't that. know. Baby K, something like that. Something like that. Like, uh, <laughs> like he's got the crowd kind of jumping up and down and the whole floor it's just boom, yeah. and there's a huge crack in the floor. Yep. And the whole fucking now, this thing was about to come down, and so they they're like, "Shit, we need to shut this down." So they run out. They tell him, "We need to shut it down." Sorry. And he's telling the crowd, "They told me I gotta shut stuff down." And the crowd is so pissed. And I'm like, "Would you rather die? Like, is that your? This is the thing that you're gonna die for? I mean, is if, a Baby ba- Keem ba- concert? Ba- ba- if Baby Keem is your way to go out, then God bless you. I guess, man. Um, <laughs> but this happened before, though. The thing is that the same venue, Sugar Cult. Uh, who else was it? it? Was Sugar Cult? I just posted this the other day. I uh, whatever it was back in like 2002. Uh, unri- though. Unwritten Law. Sugar Cult, Unwritten Law, and somebody else. Yeah. Uh, they were performing, and the floor did actually collapse. It. Yeah. No, I don't think it came Not all the, the way through, thing, yeah. but it did crack, though. The floor literally cracked. So this is an issue. Maybe get some engineers in there. I remember. Make did, a better floor. <laughs> well, these the St. Andrews is a, a church. It's an old church. Yeah. It was never meant for people jumping up and down. I don't know. You ever been to a Baptist church? They jump up and down a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but those those are also typically in southern states where they don't have basements. Mm, that's true. So that's true. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, that's uh that was our week. I also I also went estate sailing and I only bring this up because this has something to do with oh one God. of our last episodes. Uh we talked about it's, return to us. What's happening everybody? What's happening? You. Oh, I'm I'm you happening. In, you in a state sailing. I, oh, dude. So, okay. Hold on. Hold on. No, don't this get me wrong, dude. Sale. I love I, I I like that kind of shit, This too. estate sale we went to was the ex-president of GM, right? It was his house in Bloomfield Hills. Okay. We get there. It was the weirdest shit ever because you're going through the house. There's some, this is the third day of the sale. There's still a shit ton of stuff in this house, right? Probably all the really cool stuff was picked over, though. Most huh? of it was probably. I, I did pick up jury duty on Laserdisc, so <laughs> I'm, I'm perfectly happy. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, though, yeah, I got jury duty, interview with, vam- uh, <laughs> interview with the vampire, Life Force, the Toby Hooper movie, and uh, something else. I forget what it was, but uh, yeah. It was, it was good. Guy Life had force la- on, on, on laser. laser? All, all of my laser, yeah. Wow. Anyway, though, um, point is, though, is 
it was so weird because you're walking through the entire house. Everything was there. It was like these people existed and then they were just gone. Mm-hmm. It was, they were selling off the, 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 the wife, his wife's like bras and panties. That's weird. They were selling off all of their clothes. They were selling off all of the guys' clothes. Going to the kids' room. They're selling off everything that the kids own. I can understand buying it's clothes. Weird, but uh, like bras and panties and stuff. Right, but no, but but it's weird though. Is like even the kids' stuff though. It's like they was just everything. Did, it was like they were there, and then suddenly it's like they were wanted by like a Mexican cartel or something like that, and they just fucking disappeared. Who is this? The old GM? It's of- the president of GM, the ex president of GM. I don't know how recent. Not not probably very recent, but. We're making that up in our heads, obviously, that the reason that they're gone, but like it's just bizarre that that everything that they owned was just in that house still and gone. So is that your was that your best um it was weird. was that your best story that you came up with was like a Mexican cartel thing? Well no, we're just like, like they, they that's not very creative. No, no, like we're just thinking like did they just have to go on the run? Like are they just like to pick up like pack whatever you can in a suitcase, we're fucking gone, and then the house got repossessed and now they're selling it? Like See, I, I think... it's so weird. I like see. I, I I feel like I feel like if you and I had sat down, it would be it would get more sinister. Well, also aliens. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm going. Duh. But, um, but it's just weird, though. Yeah. You know, like when you're picking through somebody's life. I love doing that. By the sure, way, yeah. but like it's just weird when it's because you're a voyeur. But it's weird when it's like kids' rooms, though, too. Yeah. Like, does this kid not want their belongings and their stuffed animals and they're like what the fuck happened here like why did they leave all this that is really bizarre it's absolutely bizarre huh so weird um but that same day that we did the estate selling we did old old school bookstore shopping mm-hmm. we went to king books you ever been to oh, king did books you? no i've always wanted to go so we went to the there's two of them we went to the king books in ferndale the big ones in detroit but we went oh to the one in ferndale. well yeah never mind no, the then. ferndale one's great too. i don't care shut Fer- up but this go goes to back to our episode where we did Return to Oz, mm. and I found a fucking nearly 100-year-old copy of Baum's uh, Ozma of Oz, which most of that movie is based on, and I'm fucking pumped. It's not in the greatest condition. Right? Um, it's got condition issues, but how do you I don't even care. How do you know it's a uh, 100-year-old? Uh, because there's a little girl that signed it in 1932. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Cool. So it's like, it's a fucking, it might not be a first edition. Well, it's actually, definitely not a first edition. No, I don't, I, I think the first one came out in 1907, the yeah. first edition of that book. But even still, yeah, the, it's within also, like the first two decades of that being out. you wouldn't be able to afford a first edition. No. Like I said, the condition the condition of the one that I got, it's pretty rough, not mm-hmm. going to lie. But I don't even care. The fact that I own a near no, 100-year-old version of an original bomb, I'm in. You know? I'm in. Stop saying bomb like you're on last name basis. Say his full name. Why? I don't know. No, I'm gonna call it a bomb. Oh my god, you're <laughs> such a nerd. <laughs> I don't care. I th- Near hundred year old bomb. I still think it's cool though. You know, to have that in my collection is is pretty awesome. Totes, so. totes. I'm pretty pretty stoked on it. Totes. I'm pretty stoked. I I picked up a mint condition coons. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a new strain you got from your dealer. <laughs> mint condition coons. Man, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna pinch pitch, pitch that. I'm gonna, <laughs> You're gonna pinch it. Huh? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to cloud and I'm gonna say, listen, tell your people, whoever grows your shit. I don't know who it is. I'm. I don't know the inner workings of your business, but tell your people, mint condition coons. I want the strain. Um. Anyway, 
Do we have anything that we need to talk about that we got wrong got wrong last week? Uh, we two do. weeks ago, we do. Two weeks ago or last no, week? No, nope, last week. Oh, so not you're doing corrections from? Oh, oh, I'm correct. Not even our own show. Oh, I'm correcting it. Oh, for fuck's sake! Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, uh, a couple of corrections from the bloody good film podcast. Okay. And guess who got everything wrong? Me. Probably us. Oh. Was it us? It was us. Oh. Okay. Uh, you said that Michelangelo's line was killer cold cuts when he's got the nunchucks. Okay. It's combat cold cuts. Okay. Combat cold cuts. All right. Yeah. Great. And then also, uh, Josh brought up the fact that we had Green Flash beer. We couldn't remember what episode it was. Yeah. Episode 78. Way back in episode 78, we mm. did No West for the Wicked. It was our Ty West retrospective. Oh. So we did a West Coast IPA. Oh, Jam. is that? That's funny. Like, Because uh, that was probably one of the only West Coast IPAs we could find back then. Yeah, which is ironic because what are we drinking this week, James? Oh, my God. <laughs> Transition. Um, It's funny, though, because now they're everywhere, you know? Yeah. Uh, so... This week, we're doing a double creech feech whatever Mike said, or whatever actually I said, but Mike made up the name. What is it? Double creature, giant creature, double feature? Giant creature, double feature. Yeah. So from Rogue, this is the Gumbaroo. Yeah. A West Coast India Pale Ale, 12 fluid ounces. <laughs> it's fluid, baby. Ooh, 12 ounces of goodness. Dedicated to our forests. That's nice. Um, I need a I need a light to read this. Hold on. Ever hear the story of the Gumbaroo? As the story goes, three loggers were ramped. Were can- can- <laughs> oh, those loggers were ramped, all right. I'm fully ramped, bud. Uh, <laughs> were camped in the woods, drinking beers and entertaining the idea of illegally harvesting old growth sequoias for extra cash. That's a dick move. When the ground suddenly shook with a with heavy footsteps, bigger than a bear with wild eyes and jagged teeth, the Gumbaroo rose from behind a stump with a mighty roar. As the loggers scrambled to escape, beer spilled onto the fire, causing smoke to fill the air. Some say the forest only wanted to send them a warning that night as this stroke of smoky fortune helped hold off the gumbaroo while the loggers got away. So remember to respect our forests, put out your fires, and always bring cold beer camping. Well, I'll be damned. Hey, we got a whole story about another creature. So the gumbaroo appears to be... Uh, Kind of like a bear mixed with a hog, a hog and a hippo, and uh, <laughs> hippo hog. It's some sort of some sort of chimeric mm-hmm. beast. Yep, uh, it's got the kind of eyes that you would see, like gumball eyes, you would see on an ice cream bar from an ice cream truck. Either that or Evil Dead eyes. Ooh, yeah, right? very close. Yep. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's a it's a creature. It's a creature of the forest, a creature of folklore, mm-hmm. which goes along with what we're talking about tonight. Absolutely. Uh, so, oh, and I didn't say what we're talking about tonight. No, you did so, not. uh, from I, I was gonna, I was gonna jump in, but I didn't want to step on your toes. So, from 1997, we watched The Relic, which I actually couldn't believe that we hadn't done that for the no, show. Yet. I'd never even seen it. This um, is the first watch for me, really. Yes, oh, well, I'm excited to hear what you thought. Yeah, yeah. Then I've seen it one other time, and it was shortly after it came out on videotape. Ooh, videotape, uh, <laughs> and I was at. I don't even know whose house I was at. This is a person who I can see their face in my mind. It's not a person I know well. Yeah. And I was at their parents' house. Their parents were, I 
I believe, pretty well off because this house was amazing, and they were watching The Relic, Ooh. and that's all I know. And I watched it. The Relic is another one of those movies that I paired up with another random movie for some reason in my head, and that movie Mimic. is The Craft. Oh, okay. I don't really? Know why. I don't. I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah. The, I think I thought they were the same movie for a long time before I had seen either of them. Like they just sound like they could be the same. I suppose. So. I, don't I, don't, I don't know. They're very um, different movies. But. And then from 2021, Antlers. Yeah, movie we had talked about for quite a bit, and then it got delayed and delayed and delayed. Kind of, kind of had the old like pandemic the, thing. Maybe the, heard about the it. new mutant uh, syndrome going yeah. on, where it was put off for what two or three years, yep. something like that. So anyway, let's give this beer a try, bud. Cheers, sir. Cheers. It's, a, it's got a nice color to it. It's nice and ambery. Very ambery. Like a nice ropey piss. <laughs> I just want to try and make you spit. Oh, that's good. That's good. Mm. It's not as fruity as a standard uh, uh, New England IPA. Well, because it's not a New England IPA. Well, it's, not, it's, a, yeah. it's a West Coast. But damn, that's exquisite. That's some, really good. something almost kind of smoky about it. Well, yeah, it, it says it in the description. Is that? It I was mean, was sm- that was, was that intended keep, to come across as like keeping the gumbaroo at bay? The gumbaroo, you know, they should make a movie out of the gumbaroo. This thing's sweet. It is pretty cool looking. All in uh, in three D because it looks like that three D. Uh, yeah, school. the uh, <laughs> yeah cans purple and red, but it kind of looks like the blue and red three D uh, effect. Yeah, I really get. like the coloring on the can. It says it's got mostly tropical flavors, with a hint of malt. Uh, kind of bitter. Pine, maybe the pine is what I'm tasting. Pine, pine, <laughs> maybe. Uh, six point eight percenter. That's not bad. Not bad uh, at all. Sixty six IBU, and then it's got twelve SRM. Here's another fucking thing we got to learn about. SRM. I hate that I I, I I like every every two weeks I have to learn something new about beer. What the hell's mm-hmm. SRM? I don't know. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's a good it's, beer. Oh, it's 12 semen ropes, man. 12 semen ropes. <laughs> just there's, there's 12 of them in every patch. <laughs> just throwing ropes. Did you throw the ropes in yet? No, no, not yet. No, oh, okay, well, we're missing one, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Gross, dude. It's like adding yeast to bread. It's like, oh. living, it's like living things that just help the growth of the... <laughs> just throw some ropes in there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. That's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's throw some ropes. And let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. <laughs> All right, James. Yeah. Uh, we've got a ton of news to get through. Like a Fuck, like a metric fuck ton. It's an actual. Are you being metric. Are you yeah. being serious? I yeah, can't I am tell. actually. Um, so what did you do? Two weeks worth? I did. So try oh, try not to uh, interrupt me too much. I want to get through this as quick as possible. Uh, first, however, though, we have to respond to a death. Unfortunately, oh no. Uh, actor Mitchell Ryan has passed away at the age of eighty-eight years old. Uh, Mitchell Ryan is best known, at least to me, as uh, Doctor Wynn. In Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Okay. Now, he is the guy, and it's funny because I've never actually seen Halloween 6, but I still know his character. <laughs> um, he's the guy that is behind the whole Thorn uh, storyline. He's the guy that, like, 
is is attributed to putting the tattoo on Michael Myers you okay. know, in the beginning of that movie. All right, uh, that's his like his most notable role probably to horror fans. Uh, he was also in like Lethal Weapon, uh, other horror movies such as Dharma and Greg. Um, <laughs> he was in that. I like gro- that show. Gross Point Blank. That Gross was, Point uh, Blank. About, that's a great movie. About where uh, where we live. Yeah, very close to here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judge Dredd, Hot Shots Part Two, and. <laughs> Uh, uh, a little movie called Of Mice of Men, you know, or Of Mice and Men, rather. Uh, anyway, though, he uh, he passed away, like I said, at the age of 88. No uh, cause of death was given, but uh, rest in peace, sir. It's probably uh, being 88. Probably. Right? I, I, I hope that when I'm 88, I'm not, you know. I just, that's what I, if I live to be 88, that's what I want in my obit. Just, he was 88. <laughs> he was 88. He died of being 88. Exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. I will be the first to admit I'm doing the news on the fly this week. So so stay with me here. We got this. What, what were you doing for the two hours we were sitting here? I don't, nothing. Okay. We were listening to fucking Under Oath. That, that's what we were doing. <laughs> I thought you were working on the news while we were doing that, though. <laughs> nope. Um, all right, so legendary studio, Hammer Studios, James, if you're into UK horror. Uh, they I'm are into opening, Hammer and stuff. They're, they're opening their doors and relaunching with the new version of Dr. Jekyll that's going to be starring Eddie Izzard, which I think is actually pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just recently watched Eddie Izzard in the Dan Brown TV adaptation. Uh, of his Dan Brown books, or of his Dan Brown books, of his Robert Langdon books, uh, which is fantastic. It's on, uh, it's on Peacock, I think. Yeah, I think it's on Peacock. Okay. Fan- fantastic show. You should watch it. Uh, but Eddie Izzard is a comedian, um, been in, in tons of stuff, and I think that he will be absolutely fucking fantastic in uh, Dr. Jekyll here. Uh, moving on, uh, the Predator prequel movie, Prey, uh, it has been released. It is going to be set in the Great Plains of 1719. Fuck, I'm so excited for What this is movie. that? The new Predator movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that one oh, where it's yeah. with the indigenous, uh, the indigenous woman yeah. that he's fighting against? Yeah. Fuck, dude. In the Great Plains, too? Yeah. Dude, this is this is the two mashups of my my two favorite things ever. Well, maybe not my favorite things ever. One of them, though. Western horror? No, James. What? Predator and Dances with Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> this is the perfect amalgamation. <laughs> Come on. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, but that's coming out this summer, so definitely something to look forward to. I'm excited for it. Speaking of sequels, uh, I Am Legend is getting a sequel. That's interesting. Uh, Will Smith is returning, and now it was released this week that Michael B. Jordan will also be in the sequel. Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. I like Michael B. Jordan. I do, too. I don't, Mike- know, I don't know why he needs to be Jordan. I mean, just be yourself, you know? Who did... Who did uh, who's he Nothing. dating? Huh? Got yeah, it. I know. I get, I get what you said. Sorry, I'm... <laughs> Aaron was telling me that oh he's dating uh 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 shit why can't I think of his name now Steve Harvey's daughter yeah oh really yeah isn't must, that interesting it must lead to a lot of family feuds <laughs> come on it's good right on his toes folks I know all right uh Fatty Alvarez who just did the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie which we are a bit uh, divided on uh-huh. um he is now going to another series. Did you read about this? No. Fede Alvarez Wait, is yes. resurrecting yes, I did. the Alien film yeah. franchise now, apparently. Uh, that's interesting. Alvarez's take is being kept deep inside the studio's chest, but sources describe it as unconnected to the previous movies. So that's interesting. I um, keep a lot of things deep inside my chest, too. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> like like what? <laughs> what? Nothing. That's a, weird, that's a weird place to hide that. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> the project is intended to be made for Hulu as part of 20th Century's ambitious take, uh, amb- ambitions to make more than 10 movies a year for the Disney-owned streaming service. So uh, it's going to be a Hulu exclusive, but uh, you know what? I'm in for it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was still a good movie in terms of what the core of those movies were, which is gore. So I'm not, you know, core and, gore. I, and I said core gore, gore, core, gore, gore, gore. <laughs> um, so I, you know, what? fuck it. I'm excited for it. Why not? Fede Alvarez, give us some more alien. Yeah. Uh, I just hope that he doesn't get pigeonholed into being the guy that only does reboots of horror movies. Well, you know? I mean, I, you... luckily he has just uh, or don't breathe franchise, yeah. which is his, but that's it. Is that I, really it? That's Other pretty than... much it. Yeah. He did Evil Dead, and then he did Don't Breathe, mm-hmm. and then he did. Yeah, I don't think he's done Isn't there something else. I'm sure I'm I'm missing something. I'm sure, but not much though. I guess is my point. Okay. So hopefully he doesn't get uh, sucked into that. That would that would suck. Um, let's see here. Speaking of remakes, James. Moving on. There's a new Crow remake in the works. Yeah. Tell me when you've heard this one before. You know, stop me. <laughs> Stop. Apparently, there's a new director and new cast coming soon. Uh, Newsflash, we don't care if it doesn't have Jason Momoa in it. So We don't care? No. I was pretty excited to see him. They're probably just going to bring back Edward Furlong and do another one of those. Oh. (laughs) God, one... (laughs) Middle-aged Edward Furlong returning to the crow. One could hope. (laughs) Oh, no. For fuck's sake. Um, But anyway, though, uh, that's... um, Sure, that's a thing. Uh, moving on again here. Speaking of sequels, lots of sequel talk this week, James. Okay. Um, Beetlejuice 2. Beetle guys. Uh, there's talks of it resurfacing again, but this time there's a little bit more flame to the fire because apparently Brad Pitt is producing it. Hmm. And what Brad Pitt wants, Brad Pitt gets. Hmm. Like 17 kids with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I'm kind. Of, I don't know, dude. I'm just I, like the the Beetlejuice thing is kind of not that exciting to me I anymore. I kind of agree with you. Yeah. I I I don't disagree with you. I was um, really excited when they first started talking about it like six years ago. Yeah. So the source and is coming. Kind of The source is coming from a guy named Jeff Snyder, uh, and according to Snyder. Uh, Brad Pitt's company, Plan B, has come on board to produce Beetlejuice 2, which could shoot this summer with original stars Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder reprising their roles. Hmm. I'm not completely out for it, especially because Michael Keaton's still doing great fucking work. You know? I mean, obviously, I'll like, watch it. I just don't... I just, I think, I know, I think that it has the possibility of being good. Nothing's going to beat the original, but like... You know me. I like sequels because I like extensions of stories. I don't care if they're good or bad. Like sometimes when I (laughs) watch, I really don't like Boondock Saints. Like sometimes I've seen the first Boondock Saints so many times. There's another thing you're saying weird. You always get on my case about it's the Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. It's not the Boondock Saints. It's Boondock Saints. No, no, they're the Boondock Saints. The Boondock. They're the Boondock Saints. (laughs) Got to got to church it up a little bit. (laughs) Point is though, I've seen that first movie so many times. I, I I recognize the second movie's not as good, but I still love it because it's, uh, that it's, is a fucking understatement. It's more dude. of the same of those characters, though. Like it's just nice to see different but familiar. I don't know. I'm into it. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. You're free to be into whatever you want. But who am I? <laughs> yeah. Let's not let's let's not put out into the open air that everybody here in this room agrees with what happened (laughs) 
to Boondock Saints. <laughs> fair, no, I don't know that I agree that the direction they took was the right direction. Don't get me wrong. But, okay. like, you know, all I'm going to say is that uh, ding dong, motherfucker. <laughs> ding dong. Because <laughs> that's a great scene. Oh, um, moving on here. Evil Dead Rise and Halloween Ends have both picture wrapped. Boom. They're done. Right on. Literally, the only thing to do now is fucking release them. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, no, that's not. I mean, they have to edit them. No, and... picture wrap means done. Oh, pi- oh, I thought you meant like wrapped on film. Okay. Yeah. I think about Halloween ends <clears throat> filming is wrapped. So I lied. Okay. So Evil you Dead are Rise. Terrible at this. Evil Dead. I told you on the fly here. We dude. call this Evil Dead Lies because <laughs> Mike's full of shit tonight. Evil Dead Rise has picture locked. So that movie is done. Now we've not seen a trailer for it, no release date or anything, but that's all got to be coming through the pipes pretty soon here. Coming so, through the pipes. So I'm excited for that. Um, however, Halloween ends. I apologize. I did read these wrong. Filming has wrapped. Okay. So now the editing process starts, but that will be out though this uh, this winter. So, or this winter, this fall. I am terrible. Yeah, what's speak. with you tonight? <laughs> I don't know. This is what happens when I'm not prepared. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Um, Rob Zombie's The Monsters movie. We were all kind of uh, worried about how the direction of the monsters was going to go. I always held the fort down, and I'm like, no, he loves it too much to fuck it up with his Rob Zombie fuckery. Hey, so did I. I didn't think that he was going to have the Adams family, you know, like calling each other cocksuckers and stuff. He's doing the Adams family? Or not not the Adams family, the monsters. They would. The monsters. They would. No, not not even the Adams family. I never Pugsley, thought you cocksucker. I never thought that he was gonna have. I never thought that he was gonna have the monsters calling each other cocksuckers. Well, thankfully, although this will mark the longest screen time that Sherry Moon Zombie has ever had without calling somebody a cocksucker. That's true. There's gonna be outtakes. You know, there's, there's going to be outtakes. <laughs> yeah. uh, however, though, Rob Zombie has announced this week the movie. I didn't even know that it was done being shot. Mm. But apparently it's done being shot well, they, and it's edited because the ratings board has already rated it a staggering PG. PG. Baby, yeah, I'm man. into it. A Rob Zombie family-friendly monster movie. I'm so into it. Fam- family friend. They can get away with a lot more in a family-friendly PG movie nowadays than they used to be able to. So still, will it? So will it still be like? But there is still fully, a line, though. Yeah, there is still. It's not even PG thirteen, though. That's the thing. Yeah, no, no, um, I know. I I feel like too. This could be the moment that Rob Zombie's been waiting for his entire film career. Because remember when he wanted to make the Broad Street Bullies movie? Yeah, the hockey movie. Yeah, and nobody would take him seriously. They right. wouldn't give him the, the the funding for it. Whatever. There's like go make another Rob Zombie movie. So he made thirty one. Um, I feel like this could be the movie though that finally shows. That he can handle different material properly, and this could be. And this, then maybe they'll greenlight Broad Street Bullies. It wouldn't shock me if that's still in his I, back pocket. That was an intriguing uh, idea to me. Oh, absolutely! Like Rob Zombie doing a hockey movie, and, <laughs> that he, can, and awesome. he can. And some of these guys would be great in it. Like Richard Brake would be great in a Broad Street Bullies movie. Dude, Dick Brake playing a goalie because <laughs> goalies are always very eccentric, right? Absolutely, yeah. Him playing a goalie would be fucking fantastic yep i mean there's no i'm there's jeff it, daniel phillips playing a hockey player oh, dude, dude yeah it's, it, they're they're he's kind of ma- made for he's those. made for yeah. it yeah like so i'm okay with him making this broad street bullies movie with his typical cast but, yeah. this, but this proves that they can do it though you know yeah um i don't know i 
I also love the fact that Zombie in his original movies, he's kind of, excuse me, he's kind of gone the Kevin Smith route where he has a sandbox of actors that he just plays in all the time. You know what I'm saying? And, so and you know and, what to expect now. And, and he only ever wears an oversized um, hockey jersey, <laughs> which is a really weird, weird, really weird vibe coming from Rob Zombie. But, but you get what I'm saying, though? Like, you know what to expect from all of these yeah. original movies. Yeah. It's kind of comforting in a way. Like, if, you, if you're if you a fan of those movies, at least, like, it's 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 like you're meeting up with an old friend again for new yeah. adventures, you know? Listen, I've always liked Rob Zombie uh, c- because I like theatrics. It, mm-hmm. Like, mixing theatrics with music has always been a thing that I've really enjoyed. Sure. He's one of the best at it. Are you telling me you like musicals? <laughs> yeah, I do. I actually enjoy musicals quite a bit. And then... And then him uh, transitioning into film was a, a completely natural transition because of how much he loved film. Like he was a he was his, he was a his, film nut. his yeah. collection was crazy. I remember yeah. on MTV Cribs when he showed his DVD, he showed his VHS collection that he had transferred over to DVD, and then he was in the process of transferring everything over from DVD to Blu-ray. Yeah. Like it's like it is amazing. Um, if only I had that kind of money. <laughs> it was a natural transition for him into film. And and I've always gone into his films knowing exactly what I was going to get. Sure. So I've enjoyed them all too. Like some of them obviously were not as great as others. Like Thirty One kind of fell short. Thirty One's my least favorite. But it just, it, but again, it was like they told him like go make a Rob Zombie film, and sure. he's like, okay, fuck you, I'll go make a Rob Zombie film. But and it was it's still it was a my personal watchable movie. Yeah, though. absolutely, totally. Nothing wrong with it as long as you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. It was like an extended. It was like an extended version of one of his videos. Sure. Essentially, that's how that's how it felt to me. I guess though, as long as you're into something, anything can be good. Right. You know, I suppose if you're into German pornography, it could be good. <laughs> Shy Shy. I suppose if you're into it, that's a good movie. Shy film. The, the point is though, um, yeah, it, it is what it is, and if you're into that kind of thing, then <laughs> the point is. It is what it is. <laughs> the laziest fucking thing you could have said. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. All right, James. Uh, let's before we get on to my last bit of news here. What is new in the world of blue? Of blue. Um, well, Rob Zombie's gonna want to pull out his wallet for a couple of these because he needs to, you know, add to his Blu-ray collection. Because mm-hmm. Wormwood Apocalypse is coming out from XYZ Films. Uh, the sequel to 2015's Wormwood Road of the Dead. Did you ever watch that movie? Um, part of it. I had a hard time watching it. Did you? Yeah. I remember seeing some of the character uh, character design and thinking yeah. that like the zombies looked really cool. They and are stuff very like cool. That. It's very low budget. Well, like it's very put it this way. It's very low budget in how it looks. Sure. Right. I I have a hard time sometimes with that shot on video sort of looking. Uh, you know, looking movies. Yeah, I really do. It just it just doesn't grab me. It loses me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And and I remember Wormwood having that type of look to it. So I I found it very difficult to concentrate on it. This coming from the guy whose main claim to fame is Tiki Dude stole my soul. Hey man, <laughs> don't. Uh, ooh, maybe we can do that. Oh <laughs> shit, dude! Do you have a copy of it? Of course I do. Hell yeah, let's it's do that. It's on YouTube. It's literally on YouTube. We should do a. We should. We should actually do a, a a like a YouTube commentary, a video where we watch Tiki Dude Stole My Soul with Vito and and we com we do and, a commentary of it and 
That'd We've been talking about doing commentaries for a while now. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, XYZ Films has acquired Wormwood Apocalypse, the sequel to 2015's Wormwood Road of the Dead, and will be bringing it to DVD and Blu-ray on May 17th. So that's something to worm your wood to, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Ayo. The Cursed, which is a late 1800s set reimagining of the werewolf legend, which Sounds pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, came to theaters back in February and is now set for a May 10th Blu-ray release. So you can worm your wood to that one, too, I suppose. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, speaking of Life Force, which you mentioned earlier, which you just picked up on Laserdisc. I did. You also now have the opportunity to pick it up on Blu-ray because Scream Factory is forcefully breathing new life into Life Force. Toby Hooper's 1985 film. Uh, what? How awesome would it be if Blu-ray was renamed in honor of the other greatest disc form ever, Laser Ray? Can you what? imagine that coming out this week on Laser Ray? Laser Ray, <laughs> man, right? That sounds awesome. And here's the kicker: I own a couple of versions of Blu-rays that are housed in Laserdisc style packaging. Laser Ray. Right? That sounds good. Dude. Dude, <laughs> can, like, I own Star Wars The Force that? Awakens on Laser Ray. <laughs> I do. Wait, so did you just so it's a it's a Blu-ray? It's a Blu-ray, a, but it's housed in like a ho- vinyl record Blu-ray style box. Yeah. What the hell's the point of that? I don't know. It, it they, just they, seemed they came wasteful out, to me. They like, came out in the UK. They were called their big box series. Basically, <laughs> is what it was. Yeah. No, it's it's cool though. I thought that's what they called your mom. <laughs> Oh, come on. The big box come series. On. You know that's not true. Laser Ray. Um, yeah, so anyway, space vampires, right? Yeah. Life Force, space vampires, Derp. giant bats. Derp. Why not? Um, the hits keep coming from Paramount, Mike. Because... Oh, yeah, James. Yeah. An absolutely epic release on May 10th. We're a mess tonight. In a purely masterful move, Paramount has taken the pre-existing Friday the 13th Part 3 disc, mm-hmm. pre-existing, and has beautifully, beautifully packaged it in stunning steelbook packaging and uh, offered it up for you to pay money for. No, but I won't. Yes, do it. But I won't. But Paramount needs your money. No, I'll, I'll buy their VHS tapes. Uh-huh. They have really good VHS tapes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, other than that, just two uh, two quick things, two quick uh, 4K upgrades that are coming out. Uh, from Scream Factory, The Craft is receiving a 4K upgrade, which, are, which will be coming out on May 17th. And then also from Scream Factory, Candyman, which will be hitting shelves on May 24th. Very awesome. And that's it. All right, my last bit of news here. Uh, Screambox, which is Bloody Disgusting's uh, streaming service, they've taken it over. Uh, they've announced that they are going to be screening. Uh, and James, I know how big of a fan of this you are. Because you listen to it once a year, mm. twice a year maybe. Mm. Just once these days. Just, just once? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, big, I, it's a big investment. I started in June. I started on June 1st, which... It's a, it's a big investment. I'm looking forward to this uh, year. Screambox, though, will be streaming exclusively Pennywise, the story of it. Full documentary about everything it. Oh, I thought you were talking about the life and times of Koontz. <laughs> no. 
No. That's because I also start that in June. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh. You know how I like my coons. <laughs> Wet and hairy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's 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 dope though. Yeah. So this is a documentary about Pennywise. Everything Pennywise. Yeah, it's been well everything it basically. Everything it's, it. It's a it's a documentary on everything to do with anything with it dope um the movie was on it, it was on the festival circuit for a while and it was looking for a home and it has found its home on screen box uh that is going to be coming very soon i believe as am i <laughs> <laughs> i probably should have looked up the actual date here but uh soon james <laughs> it's coming soon oh see uh this summer no it, it doesn't give a date but it will be this summer at some point in time, okay so. cool yeah, so you have that to look forward to. The art for it, though, too, is fucking badass. Uh, yeah, that's it up really right now? cool. Yeah, it's uh, Pennywise with all the characters and everything else. It's so, is it going? Is it? Is it? Dope show. Is it only <laughs> dope show? <laughs> We're all stars <laughs> now. Um, is it just going to be about uh, the the original miniseries? I have no idea. I've I've not seen it, James, because it doesn't come out until the summer. Well. Didn't it specify in it's the in the article? It's an documentary, whatever that means. Okay, it's an it documentary. Right on. Uh, but it's made though by uh, John uh, Campapanio and Christopher Griffiths, who did uh, the Pet Cemetery documentary and also Leviathan the Hellraiser documentary. Campapiano. Yeah. That, How can you mess up with such a cool name? Campapiano. Campapiano. Hey, hey, it's Campapiano. Hey, <laughs> the gobble ghoul. <laughs> the gobble gook. What? The gabagool. Oh, I thought it was the gabagool. That's on the Sopranos. Every time they talk about Capicola, they call it gabagool. Oh, you never. I've never seen the Sopranos. I've never seen a single episode. of And the then, Sopranos. and then Michael Scott makes a reference to it in in uh, the Office. No, I do love Capicola though. Of the gab. Oh, dude, Capicola is so good. Dude, Subway now has Capicola. I I I I <laughs> get your thoughts together, James. I can't eat Subway anymore. Why? Because. Because of that guy? Yeah. Oh, go to a different location. Ruined it for me. Go to a different location. No, like I can't eat the sandwich yes, anymore because every can. time I eat the sandwich, I think about the guy. Nah, you're fine. I can't. We just got to put a new... a new. I'm thinking about it now and I want to throw up. We have to put a new worse version of Subway in your head. I Seriously, like I could start dry heaving right now. It's... We gotta put something else in the head. Like, think about like, it. like somebody shoving. It. I need a, to get hypnotized. A need... Foot long subway sub up like another dude's ass. Maybe that's better. I then. would prefer that. Yeah, see, think of that every time. <laughs> hey, look, Capicola up your asshole. Uh, gobble ghoul. <laughs> the gobble ghoul is the sauce. So subway has gobble ghoul now. <laughs> yes, it does. Really? Yeah, it's delicious. Is dude. it really? Yeah. Add it today. I can't see that. Oh, it's good. I can't see that being true. All right, can we move on, please? Yeah, fine. <laughs> You're the one talking about gobble ghoul. Damn, dude. Oh, this episode's a mess. This is what happens when we take a week off. Yeah. We came back to doing weekly. We took a week well, off. Well, this is also what happens when we Shit the bed. when we spend two hours prepping for the show, doing nothing, apparently, because <laughs> you did your news on the fly, and we start drinking before the show. That's, that's also what happens. It's yeah. true. True story. All right. Um, James? Yeah? Would you like to do the honors? Of what? Intro- introing <laughs> us into the next part of the oh, show. Oh, hey, so <laughs> so that's the news. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are you fucking Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> so, that's the news. <laughs> Just want to take a little break and uh, when we get back. <laughs> hey, we're going to talk about some monster movies. Talk you about know? some creatures. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about some monsters. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna grab my bone. We're gonna get, we're gonna get our wits about us, and when we get back, we'll talk about some creatures and some features. Ooh, both. Yeah, I'm into it. Both. All right, we'll be back. Bye. Probably drunker than before. Throughout this you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. James. What? What's your favorite part about monster movies? The monsters. Ooh, that's a that's a, that's a solid answer. And the movies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and and the and the uh improvised bombs. The improv Oh, you know what? There are plenty in monster movies. Yeah. Plenty. Yeah. And this one was a pretty uh, pretty ingenious one actually. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I I enjoyed it too until you realized that the director used the exact same bomb in two sub in two movies well, right in a row. You know, uh, it's a thing that he did. Um, uh, that director, by the way, uh, Peter Hyams. We're talking about the Relic from 1997. Uh, Peter Hyams also did uh, 2021, the the sequel to 2001. I didn't know he did that actually back in 1984. You mean 2010? Not 2021. Oh, wow. Typo. Yep, 2010. Mm -hmm. You're right. (laughs) The day we made contact or whatever (laughs) it's called. Uh, He also did Time Cop, which holds a special place in my heart. Is it because of the part where uh, a mulleted Van Damme jumps up and does the splits on two boxes? No, it's great. With only boxer shorts on? Was that Time Cop? That was Was Time Cop, I'm pretty sure. And my my aunt. My aunt. My aunt, Sue. I, I, I... Oh, oh, dude, she would she she <laughs> she would just fucking slide out of her seat when that scene would come on. <laughs> Didn't we? Because that show used to be on uh, that that movie used to be on Showtime oh, don't all call the time. It a show. No, no, I do. I was I was gonna say yeah, Showtime. Showtime. Okay, that okay, movie okay. used to be on Showtime all the time. <laughs> no, um, Time Cop holds a uh, a special place in my heart because, to my recollection, that is the very first movie that I saw back when I was in like sixth grade. It's the first movie that I saw with boobies in it. Oh. I love boobies. Right? And I, time cop, though. I was at my buddy Matt's, my buddy Matt's house. We were watching it in the back room, and they came on. I remember feeling so uncomfortable, being like, I'm not supposed to watch this. Who? I was in like fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade, something Who like that. was it in time cop? I don't know. I just remember it being time cop. It wasn't uh, Mia Sarah, was it? I have no idea, Because that's a chick from Ferris Bueller, and I think that might mess up my childhood a little bit. <laughs> We'll have to rewatch Time Cop and find out. Uh, he also did uh, Sudden Death and uh, End of Days with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. End of Days, awesome. I Great love that movie. movie. Great movie. Sudden Death, though, is what I was talking about, where Van Damme uses a very similar type of mi- no, mixture. The, the, the mixture, the two, the two mason jar bomb to, uh, and I mean, that movie. Where the chemicals combine and explodes, yeah. That movie is like, is, is the quintessential unbelievable action movie oh it's great like the guy gets down and the the dad this dad gets down manages to save not only the the hockey not only the uh the entire arena full of people by killing all the terrorists but also makes an incredible save (laughs) right that that's what you're impressed about (laughs) 
Yes. After beating all the terrorists, he also makes an amazing save. <laughs> and then he does the I love you to his daughter up in the stands because she thinks my deadbeat dad, he just disappeared. And then it's like, oh, shit, he's the goalie. <laughs> it's, like, it's like my deadbeat dad disappeared. Oh, shit, he's the milkman. Oh, <laughs> uh, but he takes life. off the mask and it's actually Richard Brake. And yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. My dad's a dick. Okay. A <laughs> uh, homicidal. A uh, homicide. No. <laughs> What Drunk, movie did Drunker than before? What movie did you watch? A homicide detective and an anthropologist try to destroy a South American lizard-like god who's on a people-eating rampage in a Chicago museum. What a fucking, okay. What a fucking description. Okay, here we go. IMDb. A homicide detective and an anthropologist. She was not an anthropologist. Nope, biologist. She was a evolutionary, evolu- evolutionary evolutionary biologist. biologist. Yep. Not yep. a fucking anthropologist. Nope. Uh, they didn't try to destroy the South American <clears throat> lizard-like god. No, they just tried to live. Yeah. Um, until the very end. So I guess they tried to destroy But it, it was on a people-eating rampage. He was. That's but true. But they true. should have a hyphen in between people and eating. Yeah. So, grammar. <laughs> Fuck. Fucking idiots. IMDB. Um, you know why I love this movie? For real, though. Who, like, do they, do they seriously just, like... Who writes the this shit for IMDb? Do they just like do they accept stuff from people oh, yeah. from normal people? Yeah, they do. I think it's a user summary. Okay, well, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna. I'm but gonna when st- they use the user summary as the main one, though, that's that's where the problem comes in. There that's should amazing. be some uh, quality control on IMDb yeah. parts. Yeah, absolutely. On IMDb's parts, not IMDb parts. <laughs> that's that's way more sexier. Um, I have never seen this movie before. This That's was crazy, a first dude. time watch for me. That's wild. And I'll say this: this movie had a really bad rap going into it. Everyone that I know that it had has a seen bad rap. Yeah, really? everyone that I know that has seen this movie has always said the '90s CG is so bad in the movie and blah blah. blah. And I'm watching it, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, there's definitely '90s CG in it at parts, but by and large. It's really good 90s CG. I want names. Not to... I want names. Who said this? Uh, Chris Jordan. Uh, what? <laughs> Fuck yourself, yeah. dude. No, he This is there there is Yes, there is some CG in this movie, but I wouldn't even consider it for 90s the worst, CG. I wouldn't yeah. even consider it bad. Exactly. The worst CG comes at the very end when it's uh, molesting the anthrop- or the biologist with its the tongue. The tongue, yeah. Yeah, that's like that's the worst part of the CG. Everything else And though, then when it's craw- when is, it's crawling up the wall to eat the eat the SWAT member. Yeah, in the that's sewer. That's kind of sketch. No, sure. not in the sewer in the like the main hall. Okay. When he <laughs> When oh, they're when, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. when they're just lowering a fucking smorgasbord <laughs> yeah. through the top of the museum yes. and every guy's getting murdered when they pull him up and it, and the thing goes to crawl up the wall it's kind of sketch but like sure by not to steal by from and you large, by though. and large yeah. though no it looked pretty fucking it did. good even and the cg most, looked fine and most of it was practical and i'll say stan winston stan winston practical, practical. effects Dude, here's Stan Winston and Brian Steele. Brian Steele, legendary creature actor. Yeah, dude. Here's the thing about this movie. Like, this is a movie where it was adapted from a book, yes. But this was like a movie where like the creature was full on, like Stan Winston Studios was allowed to create whatever. Like they, <laughs> they were allowed to create the movie 
in their image or, or the the monster in their image right and it's like it's such a refreshing <laughs> not in their image because <laughs> then it would look like stan winston <laughs> what if it did what if it did no like and what they they were allowed though to create it in their own that there weren't like a lot of stipulations you know yeah. what i'm saying because like, yeah they had free reign on it like, wasn't based creative on, control it was based on a book it's just descriptors you know well, so they, they could kind of make it whatever they wanted and i've never of. read the book but apparently the the uh, description of the creature in the book is is pretty vague uh-huh. so he didn't have a lot to go off of but that's what i'm saying though it's it's so original yeah right yeah it's just a monster there's nothing special about it outside of the fact that it looks incredible and it's a giant monster. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's um, it's refreshing. It's like refre- it's, it's a refreshing it's, monster. It's movie. refreshing. That's annoying for that you said that. <laughs> Sorry, it, but it is. It just makes you sound like an asshole. That's all. I I just feel like most monster movies, a lot of times, like they they're always trying to make something that's like never been seen before, never whatever. Like yeah, this one just looks like it looks like a Hogzilla meets Godzilla meets <laughs> lizard thing. Like it's. I don't know. Like it's, it's it's like a it's like a it's like a uh, what do you call those? Uh, um, what are the beetles with the giant mandibles? Oh, uh, a, not a dung beetle. A uh, what do you call it? The um, I can't. Yeah, think. I, I you know, know what I'm talking, talking about. about yeah, those. Yeah. It, it looks like it's got like giant you know, mandibles. A horn beetle. Is no, it, is no. it uh, Hercules beetle? Nah, something something like, like that. I Goliath forget. beetle. I've, I fuck. Whatever. I don't know. But it's got like these huge mandibles. Mm-hmm. But then also its face, something about its eyes, maybe it's maybe it's like how close its eyes are together kind of gives me predator vibes. Like oh, when, no, like a when, lot about it. The like mouth, when, too? Like when the predator finally takes its mask off, right? Kind of looks like this. Yeah. Or this kind of looks like predator. But then it's got like, it's its body is supposed to be like a tiger mixed with a, a or a lion. Is it lion or tiger? I thought it was a bear. <laughs> It's like a tiger mixed with a lizard mixed with a yeah. It, it's with, it's a the whole point is that it's a chimera it's a chim- of yeah. tons of different animals. So it's got all these different like, types of it. Right. And yeah, I just I don't know. I thought it was cool. I thought it was original. I thought that like, it's a it's a movie that doesn't try to play off of something else. You know, like yeah. it, it is what it is. Yeah. And in terms of like late '90s horror, a lot of late '90s horror was dog shit. Right. But this movie really stands out as being. A diamond in the rough that I don't really feel like it gets a lot of uh, a lot of attention for. No, I don't know? hear a lot of people talk about this movie uh, just in general, whether they like it, whether they don't yeah. like it. Like I just don't hear a lot of people talk about this movie. I think it's like I think it's like criminally underrated. I think it's a good movie. I agree with you. Tom 100%. Sizemore is awesome in this movie. Yeah. Um. Uh. Penelope Ann Miller was really good. I think it's funny that Penelope, Penelope Ann Miller. There's three people in this movie: Penelope Ann Miller and Linda Hunt were in uh, um, Kindergarten Cop together. But then I think the guy who plays Greg, mm-hmm. the uh, the other uh, scientist who's going for the grant, I think he was also in fucking, Kindergarten Cop. Fucking, fucking Greg. <laughs> and there's then there's no, also there are no good Gregs. And then there's also None. yeah, I don't know a single one. And then there's also uh, three or four Michigan boys in this movie. Oh, really? Like yeah. Who? Uh, Tom Sizemore, for one. Wait, Sizemore's from Michigan? Tom Sizemore is I from think I knew that. Uh, Detroit, Michigan. Brian Steele is from Michigan. And what? I think of Steele, and all I think of is the porn star Steele and then typo negative Steele, <laughs> which is basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like you it's you all I think you of. listen to one while you're consuming the media of the other. Oh, I'm not cons. Okay, the media, not him. Okay, good. <laughs> Just making sure. Uh, who, t- shit. There's somebody else too. Oh, the guy who played uh, Spota. Spota. He's also from Michigan. He's from St. Clair Shores, Michigan, where you're from. Wait, who? Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me find him in the in the uh, credits here. You can Spota. You can talk amongst yourselves for a second. No, um, um, I'm looking at the list right now. I'm not seeing it. Uh, Spoda, Don Harvey is from St. Clair Shores. No, downtown. Oh, yeah, St. Clair Shores, Michigan. What? Yep. Wow. Apparently, there's somebody famous from my hometown. And the dude was born in 1960. I wonder if, like, wonder if your parents know him. What were they born? Like, mid mid 50s? Yeah. They might know this dude. I, I gotta feel like I gotta watch, uh, watch this movie with Bob and Barb. But hey, you know this guy? Hey Bob. Hey Bob. You know Don Harvey? <laughs> Don. I mean, they're not Irish or whatever, but oh, it's not by, Irish. Brooklyn. By the way, this is supposed to take place in in Chicago, and they did film a lot of it in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, at the his uh, Natural History Museum. Yeah. Everybody has New York accents, though. Did you notice yeah. that? Well, the book. The it's definitely not. It's definitely not Chicago accents. No, it's not. I, I thought that was weird too. I know that the original story takes place, takes place in, in New York, New so York, yeah. I wonder if they were trying to like combine the two. Maybe. Well, they don't. They don't. It'd be very weird to they, do. But... They don't really try and make it seem like it's anything other than Chicago. In no, this they movie. say like it's they Chicago. actually say it's Chicago yeah. like several times. So, but everybody has New York accents. Yeah, it's weird. This movie reminded me of how much I love chicago and more specifically the chicago museum scene mm. that museum scene dude do make fun of me all you want <laughs> when i go to chicago <laughs> other than other than the natural history museum and the aquarium and the aquarium there's, well there's the natural history museum there's the aquarium okay. there's uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That museum, that museum scene, dude. There's more. There's more than just that. But the point is, though, is like Chicago has the best museums, though they do. It's like you know what I like about you know what I like about Gratiot, the fucking bar scene, dude. Oh yeah, what bars you like? Oh shit, dude. There's fucking there's Dooley's. It's closed now. <laughs> and there's uh, there's Dooley's. <laughs> The fucking bar scene is off the chain. The Natural History Museum in Chicago, though, is as good as like five Detroit museums. I have never been there. Oh, are you no, shitting I've me? Never oh my been god, there. dude, it's amazing. The building, it's I've been outside dude. of the building. I've looked at the building. It's a beautiful place. I've oh, never dude, been inside it's, them. It's I think the reason I thought there was more than one is because the fucking the, the Natural History Museum is so big. <laughs> it's huge. That like I think I'm just thinking that there's more than one museum. Down sure, there. that's a good excuse. The, the thing is though, like no, honestly, God though, like it's amazing when the two kids in the beginning of the movie like sneak in and they get stuck in there overnight. Oh, that's a dream come true. Oh, exactly. Fuck, that's dude. what I'm thinking of. I'm like that, I'm like thinking like this is gonna be night of the it's, museum. Yeah, like this is gonna be amazing. Listen, here's the dreams, right? Spending the night in a museum. Yep. As a kid, breaking in, doing yep. whatever the hell you want. Also, zombie apocalypse, riding it out in a mall. I mean, that's why they make movies like that because everybody yep. dreams about doing yep. that, right? Those are the dreams. And riding out a snowstorm, or or also stuck on a ski lift, or also take the zombies away. <laughs> it's a little more bleak. <laughs> or also take the zombies away and just spending the night in the mall. 
Well, having especially free, if you're no, camping no, no, out, no, no. especially if you're camping out for concert tickets, like having, they did in Saved by the Bell, having free reign in a mall when there's no consequences. That's yeah. that. That's the kicker. See, just yeah. spending it in a mall, there's still consequences if you break into the stores. Well, yeah. I yeah, obviously, what, no, I'm you, operating the zombies, under the assumption here that you're, the zombies play a the very zo- critical part. You're absolutely right. They take away the consequences of being a normal exactly. person spending the night in a mall. Exactly. You're totally right, dude. You can dude. break into Fifth Avenue and try on all the lingerie you want. And I would. I would, too. <laughs> we would do it together and see who looks better. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's both of us. Le Rechambeau. That's what, that's what it's called. Le Rechambeau. Lingerie Chambeau. All right. Um, no, but this movie, though, like, when we were watching it, I was like, or when I was watching it, rather, I was like, I love fucking museums. Like, I love what, movies. Because your girlfriend fell asleep I immediately. Love... No, she didn't watch it. it was fine. She was she was out having a life. I was just at home watching a movie. Oh, who were you talking about then? Didn't you snap us and you said she get, she doesn't give a shit about this movie? That was my cat. Oh, your cat. <laughs> You're snapping about your cat. Oh, because she was sitting on my lap, just staring at me dead in the face while I was watching the movie. I would call you pathetic, but I watched this movie with my dogs last night, so. <laughs> And they seem to like it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, see, no, my, my cast didn't give a shit. Um, She's just watching you like, you're a loser. Yeah. No, <laughs> what is this shit that you're watching? half the picture, yeah. Um, no, but like it did remind me of how much I love museums, though, and how much I love <clears throat> movies set in museums. Because yeah. I think that the just everything about it is just cooler, you know? Yeah. Way cooler. Yeah. Well, it, it offers up, especially like in a museum... There's so many different uh, there's so many different options for like a backdrop for where a scene can take place, right? Yeah, like it can be, it can be like a like in a natural history history museum. You can be in an area where it's like fossils and bones and stuff. It can be in an area where it's a, a mummy in a sarcophagus. It can be in an area where it's about plant life. It can be in the area where they keep all the specimens, and that's basically what this movie does. It takes sure. you to every single part of the Natural History Museum and plays out some other scene. They also had a special exhibit about superstition, which is right. a big part of uh, which, of the by movie. the way, looked like an awesome exhibit. I know, right? Like, that'd be a, a, that'd be a really into cool a exhibit. Giant stone <clears throat> mouth. <laughs> Just, that's the best part about it. <laughs> That's well, what I, want. I got you later then, bud. <laughs> oh. Um, so actually, we were talking earlier about like bands that you you know you put two bands together. Those are the bands like but buddy bands in your mind, sure. right? Or two movies that go together. This movie Nickelback. to me, <laughs> this a buddy, movie a buddy band. This movie goes with Nickelback so well. No, this movie to me like has has strong like has strong mimic vibes. Mm. Uh, absolutely uh, for for a good portion of the movie and uh for obvious reasons too it's it it kind of follows the same sort of the same sort of uh progression like you have you have this guy it, it opens up with this this anthropologist in in brazil and he drinks this tea that's made with these leaves that has this weird fungus all over it and he's tripping out and he thinks that he's he's seeing the actual kathoga which they what they call this like demon kathoga Mm -hmm. um i was a little confused i I haven't seen this in so long i was a little confused toward the end where where it was like oh it turns out he's the like it's him i thought maybe like the leaves came over on the ship and like a rat got into the leaves well, that would what, make more sense you well, know i think what happened is he's on the boat dock in south america yeah 
and he's going through the uh, he's going through the shipment container. Yeah. And so if those if that fungus was on the leaves and that got into him, maybe was he inside there? Was he inside where? And in, in, did he go inside that container? I know they said that it was sealed. No, no, though, so. no. So no. So what know, happened is he he drank the tea made with the leaves, and the leaves had the uh, all the hormones on them. Yeah. Right. And uh, then he gets onto the ship, and while he's on the ship, he transforms into that thing because he had drank the the tea that contained all the the hormones. So it was the tea itself then that transformed. It was the tea him. itself, like because they're not very clear about that. Yeah, the actual, it's it's kind of weird. Like he he was really flipping out about shipping those that like making sure that that stuff. He wanted the he wanted those containers pulled off of that shipping, uh, off yeah. of. So I think that he maybe understood what understood the implications of what would happen if that got shipped like this is going back to the fatherland we can't have that and he didn't want it shipped over there yeah and so he said i need this pulled off and then he got on the ship and was hope and then it turns out that you know they 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 ended up finding the the containers and sending them by air freight anyway but by the time he was on the ship, he was all he was there all alone, and he was already like starting his transformation. And then on the six week journey over to Chicago from Brazil, which can you make it there? Is that is that actually possible? I don't know. Yeah. He kills everybody and eats everybody's hypothalamus, yeah. and, you know, and then like makes they his ba- full transformation into this thing. Don't they basically find that the ship just kind of floating? Yeah, it was like just floundering in Lake Michigan. They yeah. said. So he had killed everybody on on board, and yeah. eaten their brains. Kind of kind of badass. And they open up and they find crew soup underneath the uh, <laughs> crew soup <laughs> underneath the boards of the uh, ship. I didn't know there was crew in this soup. <laughs> Pass it down. <laughs> um, so when the ship comes ashore, uh, all the crates are being unloaded, or whatever, and a lot of them go over to the natural history museum in chicago and this is kind of where the movie takes off uh you meet uh dr margot green uh who is a biologist and she is uh she shows up to the uh shows up to the museum and there's there's a big big gala going on that night and she's all worried about getting a grant for her uh research that she wants to do and all that by the way i don't think i ever want to go to a gala really that doesn't look like my scene man i'd go i don't know i think it'd be fun Maybe so, I just want to get drunk amongst the saber tooth tiger. Okay, I guess, I guess if I was there as a nobody and I could just kind of blend in and, and enjoy the open bar, then yes, I would go to a gala. But like, having, you don't want to mingle with the important people. Having to like sit around and talk to stuffy people about stuffy things—that doesn't sound like. And try fun. to get money for something. Yeah, that doesn't yeah, sound like. No, fun. I agree. I but agree. if there was an open bar and I could just chill out and drink, <laughs> yeah, then sure, I'll go to Listen, a gala. You gotta you, you make friends with like the uh, Neanderthals and the in the Neanderthal exhibit. You're just, you're just in there drinking with them. It's great. So uh, Margot Green, Doctor Margot Green, she's uh, the main character of the story. I would say, right? Yeah, yeah, she's the main. Yeah, uh, him, uh, her, and Tom Sizemore. Uh, Tom Sizemore plays Lieutenant Vincent Diagosta. Did I say that right? D- D- yeah, Diagosta. Diagosta. They call it. Depends yeah. on your accent, I Degasta, suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so Diagosta is—he's the guy that's in charge of figuring out what happened on this 
ship that got brought to shore, they figure out that some of the cargo got brought to the Natural History Museum. And when they open it, though, they figure out there's nothing in it. No, the cargo didn't come from the boat. So when the when uh, um, uh, Whitney, when uh, John Whitney, Johnny Whitney, that's the singer from Blood Brothers, uh, when John Whitney gets on the boat looking for the crates, his crates aren't on there. That's why he screams because ah, he all he finds is like sh- like textiles. So and how shit. do they get shipped? Then you're they, right. They say, I, I don't think I, I realized that. How do they get there? There's the uh, there's uh, Albert Frock, Doctor Albert Frock. He was the older older doctor yeah. in the wheelchair. He says, uh, he says these were supposed to be on the ship, blah 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 blah, and they got left behind, so they got sent air freight overnight. Okay, or not overnight; okay. it was like six weeks later so, or whatever. But because Doctor Whitney, then he was like freaking out. Like I think you were saying before, he was freaking out over these crates. Like he was like by he opened one of them up or whatever, and he was freaking out. Which opening it up though then makes sense oh, as to why. Yeah. Oh yeah, Doctor Whitney. So he right. was in the crate then. No, Some, somebody must have resealed it. No, no, he wasn't in the crate. No, the the crates, the crates, I'm so confused. The crates that got there, he got there on the ship. He got there on the ship, but he had turned into the creature by then. So he had killed everybody on the ship, right? And then the ship was found floating in Lake Michigan, but they found on the manifest where it was supposed to be going to. So they towed it to the port in Chicago. Okay, right. Meanwhile, the freight that he was looking for got airlifted to the Natural History Museum. And they just kind of happened to make it there at the same time. Okay, and then well, that's he, convenient. And then he, as the creature, had gotten off of the boat and traveled through the coal tunnels to the Natural History Museum. Because he was still... The creature was still 33% human. So I guess... So, so he must so he okay. So he had some working memory of where of his surroundings okay so i feel like this makes a lot more sense after you've watched the movie now and you've put the pieces together because mm-hmm. you're right because why would the creatures go to the mu- the museum then that doesn't make sense right but because it technically was dr whitney right he's going there okay he had, he had okay. some he had some memory of of that place. i missed that when we were watching it i missed Plus that. he knew so that's was... why that's why it never it didn't make sense to me that's why i thought like everything got there from the ship right okay that makes sense then yeah Okay. So I so I think the one thing that I had a hard time putting together was why he was so upset about I think he wanted the I think what the idea was is he understood after drinking the tea he understood what was happening to him and what would and and the implications of what would happen to other people if that fungus or virus or whatever it was made it to America. Sure. So I think he wanted those pulled back off of the ship um to pre- save. to prevent it from yeah. making it to the Natural History Museum. At least that's what I think. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. The beginning of the movie is not real. Yeah, it's not. It's not real. It's clear not real. On what it's the not very well are. fleshed out. Yeah, because when he gets on the ship and he's looking around and all he finds is like textiles and stuff, he he flips out like he's like, no, oh, this is not my shit. Like, luckily, the rest of the movie though is pretty cut and dry. Yeah, in fairness, you yeah. know, uh, there's there's. They find the bodies in Chicago. There's a detective that is detecting it. Uh, they track it back to the Natural History Museum. There's a gal that night, but there's also dead bodies that they keep finding <laughs> everywhere. So they shut down, you know, 90% of the museum except for the portion of where the gal is supposed to take place. And then all hell breaks loose. And at that point, it turns into a straight-up creature feature. Mm-hmm. Like, 
people running through the sewer systems trying to get out, and there's the creatures down there. The thing is this, though. The, 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 we've mentioned this before. The practical effects in the second half of the movie are fucking incredible. Yeah, they're they're awesome. so good. Yeah. They look amazing. They're, they're genuinely scary, too. Like, the, the, there's a, there's the, a couple moments when the, cre- like, when the creature slowly comes up out of the water. Yeah. So like this hulking form, but somehow he's managing to like move through the water in a very stealthy way and it's like that's pretty fucking cool. Then the fact that the the sewer system that they're in or the cave system whatever mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it the it's tunnel like the, the coal the coal tunnels. Co- the coal tunnels. Yeah. They're so claustrophobic. Yeah. To where when the person in the very back is getting picked off by this creature and everyone's running forward, it's like, oh, there's like a there's a legit sense of dread here because there's nowhere to go but forward, you know? That was, like, speaking of which, that was it's not in the tunnels, but like uh, in the museum after the, the gala like undergoes the first big attack, um, which nobody really knows what, what's going on, but it's kind of, it's one of my favorite scenes because it's watching the breakdown of... It's almost like a, on a micro level, watching the breakdown of society. You have this museum filled with all of these highbrow, civilized people. Rich assholes. Rich assholes. And then one little thing goes wrong, and they all start trampling each other. They even crush a woman up against the, the revolving doors, and like she's bleeding from the mouth and stuff. It's like the, abso- that- the absolute... like just uh the absolute de-evolution of of people these civilized people within within a minute and a half of something scary happening it, it's it's kind of in a way it's almost like it's like they were trying to send a message you know yeah those uh those revolving doors you mentioned mm-hmm. might be the scariest part of the entire movie I've seen people crush a child. Oh God! In revolving doors before. I was at was Joe Louis okay? Arena. Yeah, he was fine. I was in Joe Louis Arena, and they have the revolving doors mm-hmm. the, at Joe Louis. Yeah. And uh, there was a kid that was going through it. Over, and it wasn't his whole body necessarily, but it was his leg. He had his Ooh. knee caught in there because people oh, were no. pushing it through. And, I, I, and we people had, wouldn't stop pushing. And people wouldn't stop pushing. And this kid is screaming or whatever. And I say, like, ever since then, it wasn't like graphic or anything, but no, like, sure, ever but... since then, though, watching somebody just get a mm-hmm. body part caught in those doors, I've always had this weird trepidation mm-hmm. with them. Like, I'll go through them, it's fine. But like, I always have like a, 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 a very like momentary pause. Like, <laughs> all right, make sure everything's clear. Like, it's like, well, now, it'll always be with me. Well, nowadays, all, all revolving doors are automated. So it's like a garage door. Like if it gets, if it gets, you know, like nobody's pushing the door physically. Like yeah. you walk through and it's a, on a sensor. And if somebody's arm gets caught in the they door, stop. it just stops and well, backs up. Before they were done by suction, though. I feel like, like well, there was the air suction. It in, was. You could o- you could always feel that weird vacuum effect because mm-hmm. the door itself had a seal on yeah. on all the edges. So the the door would there was no actual suction, but it kind of felt like it as you were walking sure, through. Sure, yeah. sure. It would do that weird like whoomp sound when mm-hmm. you would walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fucking weird, dude. Um, but um, yeah. Anyway, back to the movie. Uh, the end of the movie. It it kind of it's there's nothing like crazy original about this movie. I wouldn't say you no. know like it it hits a lot of the same beats as other creature features. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's just they, they shoot an innocent squatter. That's that's they. That, well, no, that, I mean he was a rapist and a murderer. Was he? They said, "Oh, how did they know who he was? He was just a random dude in the story." Like they ID'd him. 
Oh, okay. Did you miss the part where they no, ID him and they said and they said that he was a rapist and a and a I heard them suspected say that. murder? I thought they were just pinning that on some random homeless guy that was like down there squatting. <laughs> oh yeah, this guy totally raped somebody and murdered somebody well, because else. They were tr- because they were trying to find whoever sure. it was to get the al- the galatoad. Right, right. So I thought they were just pinning that on whoever was down there. I mean, it was pretty convenient, <laughs> right? <laughs> just having to be this weird vagrant Maybe in the basement attacking people. Did with Chicago an axe. PD just plant a homeless guy down there to shoot? Him? It's quite possible. Fucking I wouldn't. Chicago. I wouldn't Come put on. it. By him. Come on. Um. No, but like I said, it, it, this movie hits a lot of the same beats as other creature features. I. I. I think what I really like though is the the performances are great. Yeah. Ty, Tom Sizemore was awesome in it. Uh, James Whitmore. I loved his character, mm-hmm. Doctor Frock. Um. Uh. I loved. There were two. Uh, there was Doctor Frock. I really loved, and then the medical examiner who she had a very small part and fun funny enough is those two were married in real life i i heard about that yeah uh like but by the time by the time they did this movie they had been divorced for like 18 years or something but i loved her character she was she was really i love the 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 old lady medical examiner yeah like like she's seen some shit like this is not a woman you fuck with well that's i i loved i loved her character and i loved the cops in this movie because they all had really really dark sick senses of humor yeah you know like they were the type who were like cracking jokes while doing an autopsy and cracking jokes while like well, like, well, it's a really weird time to lose your head while they're <laughs> sitting there looking at a guy whose head is removed from his body. Like, yep. I, I, I thought that was, I thought that was funny. I thought it was cool. Like, because I think that in, I don't, I don't know for sure, but like, it feels like in real life, uh, the people who do these kinds of jobs kind of have to have that sort of sick kind of dark well, sense of humor yeah. otherwise this work would drive you nuts yeah right? you get desensitized to it and then you just crack jokes yeah. at it and so i kind of like, like that i feel like it's, it's whether like the real whether life or not it actually a, is i feel like it's kind of rooted in reality a bit yeah it's the real life version of putting a sandwich on the body that you see in all the movies yeah. you know it's it's pretty much yeah. that yeah i feel like in real life there's an equivalent to that you have to yeah I think absolutely so. have to um, um overall though what'd you think of the, the movie i actually really liked it you know when i was watching the movie I, I typically take a lot of notes, mm-hmm. and I didn't for whatever reason. Like, I was just watching because I was just, I was just enjoying it. Like there wasn't anything stupid or weird or it, nothing really jumped out at me, which can also be looked at sort of as a detriment a little bit. Like it was it was played very straight, mm-hmm. I guess, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Like yeah. it's a movie where I can like watch it and not be affected by anything going on in the story sure. i'm just absorbing the story it was just like you know yeah it was just good entertainment yeah yeah without without being too like i couldn't find anything necessarily to de- that jumped out at me because it was crazy amazing but nothing jumped out at me to make fun of it either right like it was it was kind of very straight i don't know straight laced movie no yeah I, I feel you totally but like we were saying at the beginning of this in terms of 90s horror movies this one stands out as being one of the better ones. Honestly, I think, I think so too. It's a great movie. It's a great creature feature. Yeah. Uh, I we we'll have to talk to Chris Jordan at some point to see what his mm. see what his his deal is with this movie. Because yeah, I think like I don't know. I think this one stands up. A couple things that did stand out though: fire monster at the end, amazing. Fire monster. Yeah. Fire monster looks sweet. Fire monster. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> but. 
That feel, brings I feel, me. I feel to like my, she would have been boiled inside that thing. Yeah, probably. Uh, that brings me to my next question, though. Why did it explode? <laughs> it got hit with fire. The monster got hit with an explosion, but then the monster itself just completely fucking combusted. And I don't understand why. Well, it was covered in combustible liquids. So it would be on fire. It was already on fire. Those combustible liquids would be burnt off by then. Now, if you were on fire and then somebody set off a, an explosion by you, couldn't you couldn't you fly to bits like that? Not from the inside out. That thing exploded from the inside out. Hmm. I'm trying to think of a good... There's not. Okay. And in fairness, the the CG explosion at the end bad. was fucking was bad. awful. It was bad. Like that was like Adobe Premiere effects <laughs> put in. It's like they ran out of money. Like shit, we gotta we gotta finish we this gotta up. Finish this fucking Just explosion. fucking blow it up. Use use fucking uh, mm-hmm. plug in explosion 2.0. <laughs> like that's what it looked like. So I guess in that regard, the CG looked terrible. Um, it, but it wasn't until like the last fifteen minutes of the movie where the CG really took a shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Other uh, than that, it was it was. Other than that, I good. thought it was fine. There were, yeah. There were times when the thing was running; it was kind of it dodgy. Was the but 90s. Like, it was the fucking nineties. Exactly. Man. What do you expect? Here's but, here's the last thing I'll go out on. I can't believe. I mean, I'm glad that it doesn't have a sequel because this is a good just standalone creature feature. But sure. um, they did tie a bundle of those leaves. In a fucking sewer with a water current, like they—that's true. They definitely could have set themselves up for a sequel to. They this might movie have been trying because, to, uh, in because fairness. those hormones from those leaves that were just kind of wafting into the sewer drainage, like mm-hmm. something's coming along. A rat. That's what makes this. What? That's what makes Master Splinter. Oh. That yeah. was it. There we go. It's the mutagen. There we go. And then you have the ooze from Ghostbusters running underneath the city. Yep. Dude, they're all connected. Yeah. Fuck. TGRI created Vigo the Carpathian. It's a fucking, <laughs> it's an extended universe. Oh my God. Just like our two podcasts going together. Extended oh, universe. Baby. I have to bring up to the, the, uh, the very, so Brian Steele was one of the character, uh, creature actors inside the suit, right? He also played Samael in, uh, in Hellboy. And those two creatures look very alike. You ever, um, did you notice that? I guess yeah. I I didn't uh, think not, about that until just now. Not like right. not like identical, but there's there's definitely some major similarities sure. between the no, two. I of get them. that. So yeah. anyway, that's all I've got. Okay. Uh, let's move on to antlers. Yeah. Speaking of movies that end with potential sequels. Oh. 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 <laughs> uh, antlers from 2021, directed by Scott Cooper, who also directed uh, Johnny Depp. In Black Mass, uh, he also directed uh, Crazy Heart, Hostiles. Guy's got a bit of a pedigree. Um, in an isolated Oregon town, Oregon, Oregon is it Oregon or Oregon? Oregon, Oregon. Okay, there you go. In an isolated Oregon town, a middle school teacher and her sheriff brother become embroiled in her enigmatic student, whose dark secrets lead to terrifying encounters with an ancestral creature. Okay, so to go back real quick, it depends on whether. You and I are sitting here talking about the state of Oregon, mm-hmm. Oregon, Oregon, <laughs> no. Oregon, or if you're talking about the game, the Oregon, Oregon, Trail. Oregon Trail. Well, it's got to be it's, the Oregon it's, Trail. It's like the it's like the pecan, pecan, pecan yeah. thing. Yeah. If it's in pie, you call it pecan pie. No, it's pecan pie. 
No, it's pecan pie. No, it's it's pecan pie. All right, go fuck (laughs) yourself, dude, because it's pecan pie. It's it's not, but okay. Did you say pecan pie? Pecan pie. Is that what you said? I did. No, I call it. Go to hell, dude. No, uh, I I don't say pecan, though. I say pecan. It's not pecan. It's pecan. Okay. Yeah, go go to a pie. go to a diner and order that, and try not to get punched I bet in the you face. Still can, I have a, can I have a slice of pecan pie? It's pecan yeah. pie. It's go fuck pe- yourself. Pecan. Pecan pie. It's pecan. Dude, it's when you're talking about it in pie form, it's pecan pie, and when you're talking about them as the nuts, it's pecan. Sure, I'll give it to you. And anybody who says pecan, they're going to hell. Which I'm pretty sure is just how you just said it a second ago. is pecan. <laughs> I think I say it all three ways. I'm not sure why this has anything to do with anything. Because Oregon, <laughs> when you're talking about the state, yeah. or if you're talking about the amazing game, mm. Oregon Trail. Okay. Don't die of dysentery. Okay, that's true. Don't. <laughs> don't. That, that's the best advice. If you were if you were safe and thinking about it, well... Just don't. So in Oregon, uh, there's a middle school teacher who uh, meets this kid named uh, Lucas. Oregon. Lucas is the uh, shining part of this movie. I thought Lucas was incredible in this movie. I really did. I just felt so bad for him. Well, sure. He's homeless. Sort of he's homeless. He's not homeless. He has he's a sort home. Of, he's sort of homeless. So he's got sort a leg of up on familyless. <laughs> sort of everything um the kid, the, he's just not having a good run he's not having a good go at things yeah. you're right uh carrie russell looking like a babe as ever oh i mean God. come on dude carrie russell gets better with age she does i she was pretty good when she was younger too no, i'm not saying that she wasn't uh, there's something about her maturity though that makes her well, of course uh, she's way a, more she, of a babe yeah, of course she's a beautiful she's a beautiful woman she's a beautiful bitch okay <laughs> um Beautiful bitch. Um, anyway, though, she plays Julia Meadows. Uh, she's a, 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 a middle school teacher, rather, who has this kid in her class. Then she realizes that there's something not really right about him. He's very quiet. The stories he writes in class are are terrifying, which you heard in our intro yeah. uh, this week. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay. One is like. Gotta pay special attention to this kid because there is something really, really not right in his life. One is you know? scribble drawings. Which are amazing. I was going to say, like, if you could, like, toward the end of the movie, if you can, like, take him and after everything's all said and done and the, and the you know, like, the creature's gone and everything, if you could focus the energy on him doing art, this kid could make she some money. She tries, in fairness. <laughs> this kid could make some money. Or was it the short story? I, it's a short it's story. It's a short story. Yeah, okay. I can mix it but up. we'll get to we'll that get to, a little we'll bit. We'll get there. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, I thought that... Uh, his art reminded me a lot of is it Stephen Gamel, the guy that does the art for scary stories. No, no, no. I, it's not the same, but for some reason, when I look at it though, like it, it gave me the same vibes. See, I got like more of a Derek Hess kind of thing. Yeah, no, definitely Derek Hess. Yeah, there's actually a guy who I follow on Instagram who does this exact kind of scribble art. I I can't remember his name right now, but I'll find him for you. But it's this same kind of stuff, and it looks amazing. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I just got those vibes <clears throat> off it, though, for whatever reason. So just creepy. So we've got, so we've got, well, first of all, the movie kind of starts with, um, not Lucas, but his little brother, Aiden, who's just this cute little guy, and he's with his dad. Who's a good dude. No, he's not. <laughs> I, I think he's a good dude. 
No, he's not. I mean, he loves his kids. Sure, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. But he's doing things that are really not great. So, okay, explain um, this to me. What were they doing exactly <clears throat> in the mine? I didn't really pick up on exactly okay, what they were you doing. Okay, you and a lot of other people, by okay. the way, yeah. did not pick up on this. Because I, I, like, I wanted to know what other people thought about this movie. I didn't need to know about the deeper themes and stuff because it's relatively straightforward. But sure. I just want to know what other people thought about this movie. And a lot of people said... Uh, so, spoiler alerts, by the way. This just came out in 2021, and we are going to spoil this. We're going to talk about the creature. We're going to talk about what the creature is. We're going to talk about the folklore behind the creature. Everything. Everything. Yep. I, I am about to spoil this for you, so if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it right now. So That's a pretty good disclaimer. So, a lot of people said, uh, said so uh, the, the Wendigo... Was brought back. There's a Wendigo in this oh, movie. Oh no. So the Wendigo was brought back to life by the fact that this this was an abandoned mine in Cispus County that was obviously about to be reopened, and the uh, environmental implications are what brought this spirit back to life. No, 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 no. It was an abandoned mine. It wasn't about to be reopened. Frank Weaver and his buddy were operating a meth lab. In Is that what it was? Yeah. Did you not notice? Did you not notice? Me and everybody else. No, I never. Yeah, I, did I don't not know notice. how people fucking miss this, but they have. They have st- when when they hear when they first hear the growling of the Wendigo, and they're sitting there with their gas masks on inside the the meth lab. He goes over and he grabs a whole stack of boxes of. Uh, pseudoephedrine or whatever pseudofed yeah which is what you use to yeah, make yeah. meth they I've, were i've seen breaking bad they were cooking meth <laughs> they were they don't really the, 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 it's weird because they don't really draw a ton of attention to that though dude it's the fir- like it's not even though. even before even, so even before i saw the actual boxes of pseudoephedrine when he's walking back through this mine with just a torch and a gas mask on I, and he doesn't want his kid to go in there with him i go okay first of all i go okay he's some kind of maintenance guy and maybe there's noxious gas in there and he doesn't want his kid back in there right and then he walks up on this draped plastic room and i go okay so they're doing something shady because that looks like a fucking kill room and well, then he, that could be also and then he, any kind of a medical room too, but then appearance. they oh in a it, in a fucking abandoned sure, mine with a guy not? that looks like Frank Weaver who looks like he's on meth. No, fair, Mike. Fair. And so he opens up the plastic and the guy the other guy is in there in front of a bunch of fucking beakers and test tubes and shit. Like it I was just, pretty obvious. I just what they assumed were doing. that it was some sort of like a medical not not, not maybe not medical, but scientific testing did thing those for whatever two, was Did those two line. guys look like scientists to you? I don't judge a book by its cover, James. <laughs> okay. okay. I just don't. They were cooking meth. Yeah, okay, I get it. Now. And then throughout the movie, they all, they also mentioned the fact that Frank Weaver was was drug addicted. Yeah. So they do put even put, in put fairness, two and two together. Even in the book, they mentioned that. Right. In in the book, he's a heroin addict, I think. Right. Um, 
I don't I think remember. It's a hair, he always got a needle in his arm, right? They always they talk about that a lot. Oh no, that was in the movie. That was in the movie. That was in the movie. Uh, um, uh, Paul says, "Yeah, every time I go over there, I expect him, yeah. I expect to find him with a needle." So dead I guess with that makes more arm. sense to your point here. Okay, I missed that completely from the beginning of the movie. Okay, well that makes a bit more sense. Okay, um, it just bothered me so much because I must have I must have listened to three or four reviews where the people said. Oh, and the Wendigo comes back because of the because they're pissed off about the vi- the environment because this mine is about to be reopened. And I'm like, they were cooking meth. Yeah, that's they, what un- they just like, uncovered something that. Yeah, I always just assumed that because they were conducting whatever business they were doing in the mine that awoken the Wendigo, and that's what brought it out. Like that's just the impression that I was under. That was the wrong impression, well, brother. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, well, because if you think about it too, like, like um, Frank's Frank's journey throughout this uh, throughout this movie too could almost kind of be uh, metaphorical for somebody who's struggling with you know drug addiction and withdrawal and relapse and stuff like that. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. Like he becomes this monster, like this this uh, like a total stranger to his kids but at the same time his this is all off the top of my head so please bear with me a little bit no nope, but good. like he's got one kid who kind of sees him for who he is and keeps keeps his distance but then he's got his other kid aiden the younger boy who kind of gets sucked into it with him yeah who still remains innocent throughout the entire movie but still is kind of like by his side. And you've seen movies like this before where it's like totally straightforward. Sure. You know, it's not a monster movie. It's like a it's a family with two kids who one of the kids hates what's going on with the parents and the other kid stays loyal to the to the parents even though they they're doing something shitty, right? Like it's kind of what kind of what I take away from it at the same time. Well, in fairness, the youngest kid though was just sick and Lucas was trying to be like dad, you know, uh, Aiden is sick, you know, do something about it. And the dad just grabs Aiden into the room. Like pulls like, him. It wasn't, it wasn't like he gives him to him or, or he succumbs to it. Like the dad kind of kidnapped his own kid into his own shit, you know? Well, like pulls him into yeah. that, pulls him into that world with it. It's, I mean, like compare it to the Babadook in a way, you know what, you okay, know what okay. I mean? Like I got crazy Babadook vibes from this movie. I did too. Right, right from when it started, I was like, okay, it's different, yes. I'm not gonna say that it's the same, but I get the same vibes from it. Well, so I, yeah, I it's think like you, like have, a, you, have, you have this hidden mental, whatever, right? Hidden in your house somewhere, right. you know? The, yeah. yeah, like this terrible secret in yeah. your house that's yeah. affecting one of the kids in this the outs- situation, the, and and the rest of the outside world, too. right? Yeah. Um. So, uh, so yeah, so Carrie Russell sees that this boy is troubled and because she also has a troubled past which i feel like i i i like how they tried to connect the two characters with that but i do feel like they kind of they didn't develop that part of the story a lot you know what i mean no they didn't which i didn't i didn't really need it like they showed you enough like they it's they showed you enough to get the idea like you obviously her father was very abusive to her mm-hmm. she hid under the floorboards to stay away from him um it's not like i need to see more of that it's but it's like it's uh 
it's just kind of jarring how they just kind of like throw a couple little blips in there and then you're supposed to kind of fill the rest in yeah they don't they don't really ever pay that story off you just know that they came from a broken home basically not even broken home just like a yeah like the shitty like her their father was very abusive and then it was just implied like uh, like she's saying something to her brother paul who is the sheriff of cispus Cispus Falls, Cispus County. Something like that, yeah. And and she's talking about like all of the shit that dad used to do. And then he's he just says like just a one off comment, like, you have no idea what he used to do to me. Yeah. And they don't delve into that anymore. It's but he like, also goes, You don't know what he did to me either. Right. So it's like their dad's a piece of shit, basically, is what right. it was. Oh yeah. Sounds like the brother weathered the storm until he didn't have to anymore and she left. Um, um, and they both kind of resent each other for the same thing. It kind of seems like a little bit, but they also both want closure, which is why he wanted her to come back home and she came back home and everything else. Um, not to, not to shit on the whole sentimental parade here, <laughs> but am I the only one that looked at her brother and I was like, Oh my God, it's fat Damon, dude. <laughs> Oh my god. He was Matt Damon. I was going to lost 90 pounds. I literally <laughs> I literally was waiting for you to stop talking so that I could call him Dad Bod Matt Damon. <laughs> yes. And the only reason I was going to call him Dad Bod Matt Damon is because I felt like saying Fat Damon was too mean. <laughs> Because I actually, it, because I Matt actually, Damon. No, it's Fat Damon, and it's because I actually, I didn't want to call him Fat Damon because I actually really liked him. No, and his I, body type works perfectly fine for this gentleman. He just looks like a fat Matt Damon. He looks so much like Matt Damon. Yeah, dude, that it's crazy. And anybody who says that he doesn't is stupid and blind and blind. Yeah. Yeah, um, 100%. He was also, I, I couldn't, like, I saw his face and I was like, God, he looks so familiar. And I couldn't think of what I had seen him in. And then I realized. Oh, was it the guy from The Informant? No, just like. Because oh, it's Matt Damon, <laughs> just fat. <laughs> no, just like a week ago, uh, Aaron was watching uh, that Oscar-nominated movie, The Power of the Dog. Sure. And he is in that movie. Oh, okay. So I knew his face, but I was like, why the fuck? And then you pointed out earlier that he looks a lot like Aaron Gillespie from he does, Under Oath. Yeah, yeah. And he does. And I thought, oh, maybe that's why he looks like but but no, he was in uh he was in the power of the dog and he's wearing a Stetson uh open road, which is like mm-hmm. my dream hat. I want one so bad. It's so sure. dope. And I I might buy one when we go to Tennessee next month. But uh that's beside the point. Um, the, um but yeah i liked him i i thought he was really like his his way of acting was so natural and like just the way like he stuck like not stuttered but almost like it almost sounded like it almost it almost came across as if like almost like he was a bad actor yeah like nervous yeah. 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 Almost like a guy who was like auditioning for a role that he wasn't prepared for. Well, but that he was, was supposed He's auditioning to... for a brother that he wasn't prepared for. Right. Like his, exactly. The role as a brother. Like exactly. That's, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like him and his sister just like don't. There's a disconnect there. Yep. And it's, and, and he, uh, man, he played the hell out of they're, it. I thought he was great. really, a, really good. As a duo, they're very great, actually. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, one of the things that's sprinkled um, uh, around this whole movie is insane scenes of violence and gore mm. like when when the creatures kill it's gnarly 
Yeah. The bodies they leave behind are fucking gnarly. Like yeah. the the bodies that the cops recover. It's like, well, we don't know what happened. The heads detached. The bodies are ripped to shreds. They're they show them and they're fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I loved it all. I thought it was great. Especially, I, I, I like the uh, the kind of the culmination of Frank's tram- transformation. Yeah. Where so, um, what was the there was the the guy who worked really Stokes, uh, Warren Stokes, who was the the guy who worked closely with um the two. De- the not detectives but the sheriff and yeah, his deputy yeah, yeah. stokes was like um i couldn't get a was he was he like a medical examiner or something like that yes i believe no he would no but he, he was, was also he was no, also he was the native american guy right well he was native yeah. american but i felt like i he, think he was just a deputy i think he was oh, just was a, he a, i think oh, I he thought, was okay. just a deputy on the force and he was there in the beginning and you don't pay much attention to him until he becomes more of a focal part because they go to him because he's the native american guy like what do you know about this um and they do hint they don't show that the main characters notice it but they definitely hint that stokes knows more about what's going on after they see the first body in the morgue because they kind of linger on his face like oh this guy knows what's going on like they linger on it yeah but they don't come back to it for a while and that's when he gives them the whole story of the wendigo and they ask. He asks if the if the girl is native, and they say no. And he goes, "Well, how could that be? Because this is a Native American thing." And yada mm-hmm. yada. Like, so he's the one that kind of explains the whole background to what's happening, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, Stokes definitely seems like he knows what's going on. Kind of earlier, like when they're when they're in the medical examiner's place. Yeah, and then. Obviously, he knows when. Uh, when well, he has he's... an idea. He's got an idea. Like he's like, oh, I've seen this before. Like, or I, I've heard about stories like this, or <laughs> something. Yeah. This is one of those. Uh, one he gives them kind of. He gives them the the story behind the Wendigo and like what what it is and why it shows up and what its what its um main purpose is. You know, like it shows up. It's this malevolent spirit with an insatiable hunger and. And it, it he does say, if I'm not mistaken, that once it's feasted on human flesh is when it like kind of gains its like full form. Yeah. And that's and Frank's Frank's transformation throughout the movie is really amazing because he goes from in the beginning, even though he's clearly like a drug-addled meth head, loves his kids. He loves though. his kids. Like sure. he even says, "I love you, buddy." Like as he leaves his kid yeah. in the truck to go cook up with some more meth, but um. Walter White loved his kids too. Just saying. <laughs> like he's he's a really sympathetic character because like even though he's this twisted disgusting animal kind of up in the attic, mm-hmm. he's not he's he's not hurting his kids or anything like that, but he's still like just so scary. You know like sure. he's he's undergoing this really frightening transformation and then when he finally gets Kind of as Stokes mentioned, like once they taste human flesh or whatever, right? When he finally the principal, which stupid move by the like, she had every opportunity to turn and li- yeah, like, she's an idiot. Oh, you enter the house and it smells terrible. Yep. Okay, leave. Uh, oh, you start yep. walking up the stairs and it's starting to smell even worse, and you're hearing the screaming, like weird screaming from a child. It's time to leave. Call Call the the cops. cops. You walk upstairs and you see this weird little kid. Like, you had every opportunity to turn and leave. 
led to a great mauling scene though it did le- le- lead to a scene, great yeah. mauling which yeah. then in turn led to the like full transformation of frank yeah and the fact that he like he like, burns from the inside like he's glowing and shit yeah like, so and then weird. he like rips out of the back of his like skin a like a like a, cocoon, like a snake almost like a shedding its skin yeah. it's so weird yep um the creature what did you think of the creature like the ultimate creature form once he's fully out um i thought it was cool I, I, I dug it, actually. I, th- I thought it was actually... Uh, you don't see it a lot, which helps. Mm-hmm. I feel like the fact that it's kind of hidden is uh, it, to its benefit. Yeah. You know? Um, but I liked it, though. I thought it was cool. I, I think thought it was interesting. I think it's really cool, like... Uh, the the growth of the antlers is is even even like growth of the antlers is unsettling because yeah. they don't grow in any like specific beautiful pattern like a like a like a buckwood or like mm-hmm. an elkwood or anything like that. It's just they're kind of it's just this mangled tangled mess of antlers growing out of its skull, you know, yeah. and even some out of its back and stuff like that. Um, I did. I th- I thought it was a really cool looking uh, creature. Toward the end of the movie, especially like the last scene, like the last fight scene between the creature and um, what the hell is her name? Felicity. Uh, Felicity and uh, Julia. Yeah. I I felt like the creature just kind of looked kind of clunky. Yeah. No, I agree. I I thought that like there's no way that she's gonna win against the creature. No. Even, even with the torch, like no. That that was a bit unbelievable, honestly. And in the story, in the short story, they do make it a point to say that uh, any small amount of light they hate, right? Yeah. yeah. So like even even in the short story, she lights a circle of candles well, and puts her and the kid in the middle of the candles because that'll keep the wind to go away. It could so, be. It could be taken though in a different way. What it could be taken as though very much like the Babadook, if you think about it. Um, the the kid's story about his parents or about his dad and his brother, or whatever, it could be a story about his dad and his brother dying literally because they got sick. Mm. They both got sick, mm-hmm. and so now the kid's living by himself. His parent, his dad, and his brother's bodies are living up in the basement. And then here comes up in the basement or or down or (laughs) up in the attic. And here and here comes Felicity battling this kid's depression with what? With light. Mm. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like you 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 could take it in that way. Sure. And look at this as a as a parable about us this kid who suffered this horrific ordeal where you know his guardian brother died. He's and he's doesn't know anything else but to go to school every day and mm-hmm. live on peanut butter and comic books and whatever in a tent out in the backyard. Right. You know, and he he thinks that you know we're still together because they're still upstairs. Like he doesn't accept the fact that his family has has died. Yeah. And then here comes this person that cares about him, shining this light, and the only way to defeat. That darkness in this kid's life is by shining a light at it, a torch, right? It it, it kind of makes perfect sense when you think of it in those terms. So, and you're talking mostly about the story at this point, like the the actual short story. No, I actually hated the short short story. I didn't like it at all. Everything that you're describing, though, is well, that's very close from to the, the movie short too, story. Though. It's very close to the movie too, though. Um, why did you hate the story? Eh, I don't know. I thought it was clunky. Honestly, I thought the movie was way more fleshed out. I thought that the um, I thought that uh. I'm, Trying to th- I didn't take notes on the story when I was listening to it. Yeah. But I'm trying I'm thinking back to it, listen to it today. I thought that the characters were better in the movie. I thought that I definitely like There was a lot of differences. I, I, I definitely like that they make uh um the sheriff and, and uh Julia siblings that in the movie. Definitely helped, yeah. 
you know um, um and there i mean there 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 were a lot of similarities it was almost like the movie was just a, how did i describe it to you before the bones were the same the paint job was completely different yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah. like the bones the bones of the story were there were all there but they decorated it with a completely different menagerie yeah. of of things you yeah. know what i'm saying um i like that though i i like the movie better i think the movie added more depth to the story i think well that, yeah um, i i i think so too i like this i did like the story though yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a, a creepy because it's such a short read. It's like 20, 20 minutes and you're done. The hour long read through that was on YouTube that I read or that I listened to was also maybe done by somebody who shouldn't have been reading a story. So maybe that tainted my in expectation. O- was it really an yeah. hour? Yeah, when you read it in the way that like a story is read, it's about an hour. Yeah. Oh well, I, I think you tend to read pretty fast. Oh yeah, it took me. Yeah, I think about thirty five minutes to get yeah, through it. That's fair. It is what it um, is. Um. I did like, uh, I I, I kind of liked the description of the creatures because nobody really knew, like, it, they don't specifically say Wendigo in the short story. No, the, they don't. The Quiet Boy. No, no, they don't at all. Um, They don't, they meant, they do mention that the, that, that Frank, the dad, and um, I don't, I, was his name Aiden in the short I story? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, they mentioned that they were like these grotesque, like bloated white figures with antlers growing yeah. out of their heads. So did there I, were some, there were some descriptions say, in how they acted, like especially how like the even after the transformation of the little brother, like with his antlers popping out of his head and stuff, he was still acting like a child, like yeah. he was skipping in the moonlight and stuff. But at the same time, he had like this is in the short story, right? Yeah. But at the same time, he was still like still had this murderous look on his face. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I thought that was really creepy. The little brother in <clears throat> in the movie though was way creepier because he was just like dying. Like the entire time, like he was just sick and yeah. dying and sad, and he was just hungry, but he still loved his brother. Like that was the thing. Like his relationship with his brother was still very strong, well, which is why the ending of the movie with Felicity stabbing the shit out of a child <laughs> was so unsettling to me. Well, the like, weird, the weird oh, thing hey, is spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing is that uh, so so uh, Stokes talks about. How the only way to kill a Wendigo is to um, any relation to Stokes from the faculty? <laughs> That's that was Stokely. Oh, gotcha. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, the only way to kill a Wendigo is to kill it when it's at its most vulnerable, which is when it has just feasted, when it's just eaten, right? Mm. And to basically destroy its beating heart, and then the and then. It, it, at that point, it will look for the basically the next thing to jump into. Yeah. So, the so Aiden, that means Aiden throughout the entire movie was not actually infected with the Wendigo. Because if the it, they make it, it, Stokes makes it seem that the Wendigo can only survive in one body at a time, which makes what's going on with Aiden even more sinister. On the, on 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 the on the part of Frank because it's almost like he was just keeping him as a backup plan. Yeah, kind of. He was just keeping him there as this tiny little malnourished baby child, just in case he needed to jump into a different body. 
But he also had it though. That's the thing. Wait, wait. Did oh wait? Like in did the short, Aiden, like in the Aiden short story, start, <clears throat> did Aiden only start glowing red after? Yeah. Yes. After Frank died. Yeah. Oh. But he had like the the black veins running yeah. through his body and stuff like That's that. That's true. That's true. And in the short story, they were both Wendigo at the same time. Yeah. So a, there's a little disconnect there between the story and the... Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I like so. the idea that the Wendigo can only be in one body at the same time, but then what was, you know, what was going on with Aiden? Yeah. Because then at the end, they lead you to believe that after she kills Aiden, that uh, um, Paul and, and Julia are standing there looking at Lucas standing by the edge of the river, and she's now adopted him, and she's taking care of him, and Paul says... You know what he's going to turn into. Yeah. And she says, uh, he says, can you kill something that you love? You know? And then they both walk away and then Paul coughs into his hand and he coughs yeah. up some black shit. Yeah. Meaning that Paul is actually infected with the Wendigo. So maybe the Wendigo always keeps uh, backup. Like maybe Paul is now <clears throat> his. Or do you think that Lucas wasn't actually... Because... They al- they also say that the Wendigo seeks out uh, um I don't I don't know exactly how they worded it but like the Wendigo seeks out the the um the br- like the broken of spirit and like the like the basically like the, the weakest the weakest the sure. most uh the most corrupt mm-hmm. and Lucas was none of those things he wasn't weak and corrupt he was actually very strong for a little boy, and he wasn't corrupt at all. Like he was, but Lucas was also never infected. But that's the point. Like, yeah. was he? Was he? Like Paul's standing there saying, "Can you kill something that you love?" Like maybe he's talking about himself. Maybe he's talking about himself. <gasps> oh shit! You know, damn. He knows that. Damn, he's, I didn't. Think maybe about he that. knows he's infected because obviously, when he coughs into his hand and he sees the black stuff, like he 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 knows at that point he's infected. So maybe he knew it. Before that, uh, now see now now this makes me want to rewatch <clears throat> it and see the moment where it gets transferred to him. Like, is there a moment that you can see it? You know, I think uh, I think it's probably it probably happens off screen because she kills like her and Paul go in his cruiser to the mine and she goes in and she kills the Wendigo and then mm-hmm. she kills the kid. Yeah, and Paul's still sitting out in the cruiser like halfway dead. Yeah. So it probably leaves and jumps into his body at that point in time. He also got stabbed literally by it. By the way, yeah. So it, it literally, it literally was in him. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah. I, I think at the end, it's probably most likely that he, when he says, "Could you kill something that you love?" He's talking about himself. Yeah, I didn't even pick that up. Shit, good call, good catch. You know, good catch, James. So Lucas probably is not even. Yeah, Lucas is fine. Yeah. Lucas was never the issue. Yeah. Damn. But, I like it. But Paul's not... I don't know. Like, Paul's not weak-spirited or anything like that. He's pretty brave throughout no, the entire movie. he was stabbed, though, with a foreign body. Yeah. Like, I don't think it matters how strong you are. Like, if that's infecting you, that's going to infect you. Okay. I, I never, I I never got the sense that it was, like, an actual infection. I thought it was more of a, like, it was attacking people who were weak-willed. And like had had like ill intentions and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that it, it can infect anybody. Like I, I think that it 
I mean, was he not weak willed though? I mean, as a, as like the the sheriff, right? Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't exactly the most boisterous sheriff or anything like that. You know, he was no. I felt like, like he was a good person though. Well, he had good intentions. Sure. Even if he said he didn't, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. That's 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 a bit weird. I never, I didn't think about it in those terms, but you're right. It's maybe something to delve into yeah. a little bit more. I kind of want to rewatch it now. But uh, that's for a different time, I think. It is. I think uh, overall, I like this movie a lot. I, I did too. I, I thought like it was both cool. It was really, it was really moody. It was shot really beautifully. Mm-hmm. The score was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Practical effects were great, obviously. The Wendigo sounds like your Aztec death whistle. It does. It's so fucking spooky. (laughs) That one one cop is like walking toward the shed and he hears the scream of the Wendigo. I was like, dude. It's my whistle. (laughs) Leave. Leave. What are you doing, man? I don't don't quick at that. (laughs) That's so fucked up. At all. But uh, yeah, overall, like great, great performances by everybody. Cool story. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I, I agree. Um, yeah. So that's it for this week. That's it. Uh, I don't think we know what we're doing. Oh, yeah. We do know what we're doing next week. Mm, oh, we do. Do we say it or what? Nah. No? Save it. Okay. Save it. All right. Because we might not do it. We will definitely. No, we're, no, we're doing it. We're definitely going to do we're it. doing it. If you are justice. Um. Anyway, so next week, before next week, if you want to find us, you can find us on all social media at, uh, or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and SoundCloud at the Buzz to Kill Podcast. And uh, if you want to find us on all social media, you can find, <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter at the Buzz Kill PC. Uh, we're on all major streaming sites, uh, so uh, find us, check us out, tell a friend, tell your bus driver. That guy has nothing else to do but drive around all day. He can yeah. listen to us. Yeah. Yeah. Tell tell Ronnie. He probably Ronnie probably shouldn't be driving with headphones on, but nah, uh it's fine. Whatever. It's Detroit. <laughs> Traffic lights don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right, guys. Uh we will see you then uh next week. All right, we'll see you. Cheers, right. bud. See you. Cheers. Have a good night. <clears throat>